previously on AFTN. Michael is not dancing as much, and I wonder if it's because there's people actively in the studio. There's two guys on a glass thing watching me, so that does kind of put off my dancing a, a tad. I feel that I'm in one of these Amsterdam dance booths and drunk men shove money down your pants. You no. never done that? That's oh, great fun. Really recommend it. Again, and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. Broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of British Columbia. If you're listening to this show on the podcast, this is episode 255. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. This is one of my favourite days of the year, I have to say. This is probably my favourite day of the year. Cheap Chocolate Eve. As I like to refer to it. Oh, is it, everything goes on sale tomorrow? Yeah, all the Easter eggs are on sale tomorrow, half price. For me, it's the resurrection of Jesus. But, you know, chocolate eggs. Well, fun, I mean, funny you should say that because the White Cats put in very much of an Easter performance yesterday. Yeah. Coming back from the dead to, to see off Columbus Crew and come away with all three points. So we'll be talking about that tonight. We're also going to look at the week in MLS Western Conference. Pretty quiet week. There was no real, <laughs> nothing really making the headlines. Nothing impactful there. or nah, anything. Nothing like at all. Uh, we'll have a little bit of chat about Canadian Premier League. We'll have a look at how the Whitecat's wonderful affiliation with Fresno is going in the USL. And does Jordan much fancy a chocolate digestive? That is to come. Folk will be in tenterhooks for that. But we'll kick things off in Columbus. Might be the last time that the Whitecaps are ever in Columbus. Oh, man. I mean, that that was a, a special occasion. And to mark a special occasion, I've decided to steal something from the preview show, something that Joe Deasy comes up with. Joe's taking over. He is. Um, it might come as a bit of a surprise to you too, so we'll see how it goes. He plays a complete the sentence thing in the preview show, so I'm going to kick it off with that. So Joe, I'll like this little hat tip to him. So I'll give you three questions and fill in the blanks uh, as you see fit. Number one, Kai Kamara scoring the winning goal was blank. Zach, you want to go first? Uh, uh, I was just going to say ironic. Oh. I was going to say refreshing. Oh, I was going to say fitting. Yeah, this is not as good as my joke. <laughs> no, it isn't because they come up with clever stuff. We'll be clever as well, we go yeah, on. Okay. 
it's their game. They should be more clever than us. Let's see how the next two go. Yeah, we'll see how the next two questions go. No, I mean, Kamara scoring after what he said in the build-up this week about no love for Columbus. Yeah, I I just find it refreshing because um, the fact that you were were so down after Alfonso Davies' goal was disallowed. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like spring uh, coming up again because Kamara was able to score. So Mm. that's why I feel it was refreshing. Okay, question two. If Breck Shea was a breakfast dish, he would be? Scrambled eggs. Oh, and why? I don't know. That's just the first thing that came to mind. Ah. He's hungry, obviously. Um, I would say oatmeal with uh, some fruit in it. <laughs> because that's kind of wacky and zany. No, no, because <laughs> it's kind of like you're not expecting much out of it, but then you get that piece of fruit. Ah. And it really <laughs> you know, kicks it up a notch. I'm going to go with black pudding. Because it just comes back at you again and again. If you've ever had black pudding, it really gives you quite bad, bad acid reflux sometimes. So. I don't think we'll do this again. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll finish it off with question three. I don't have it. What, what's so wrong with it? <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't listen to Joe's. And knows oh, it's much better? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's just a little bit better. Okay, last, last one of this. Whenever the Whitecaps face a VAR decision, I feel blank. Violated. That's a good one. I think that's what the V stands for. I feel fetal positionish. Oh, that's a good one as well. I I just feel the worst coming. It's just you just you feel least, dread. Yeah, at least Elfath wasn't in charge of the match, but he did have an impact, as we'll, we'll talk about when we do the MLS games with another bizarre VAR decision. But let's get into the Columbus game. It was your proverbial game of two halves. The first half. I mean, it lacked a lot of excitement. I had that on the on the telly. I had the LA game on, on my laptop. And I was way more drawn to the LA game, the, the derby, I've got to say. Okay, what was up with T- TSN? TSN breaking away to show the hot... Like, that was, like, the, the worst thing. They've done and that t- before. teasing it as well. well and yeah. then not showing it for ages. No, they, that was annoying, because yeah. I, I watched the game after. Yeah. So every time... They didn't show all the highlights, but they showed too many of them. And like, not just at the half or at the end of the game. It was like, an event. They're like, game, they're like, oh, the ball's gone out of play. Let us show you the latest goal that's happening over in Because LA. we know everyone would rather be watching this game, but unfortunately, no, well, we have and, the they, and they Canadian knew teams. they knew it was live. In, they knew it was live across Canada on Fox. Like it wasn't. It, this wasn't like an unattainable game. Oh, was it? I, I had, I I had no that. idea. I it was live. <laughs> it was live on the main <laughs> Fox <laughs> network. It wasn't like Fox <laughs> Sports no or ESPN. I, I would have watched this, yeah. <laughs> or at least recorded it. Yeah, I recorded it and watched it after. Yeah. If I'd known that, I'd have recorded it or recorded the Whitecaps game. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first half did lack excitement, but it was a great turnaround in the second half. Robo mentioned that he gave them a bit of a poker at half time. Not you, sure if you, it was up somewhere with a, a red hot I was going to say, but, could you translate poke, poke from Welsh into Canadian? Well, I, I think he's been to Hawaii, so <laughs> I think it was poke. Or I don't know. Is it poke? Poke? Who knows? But what was your general thoughts coming out of the match before we delve into it? And, and the, how did you feel about the character shown by the team? Yeah, it was a great, it was a great away match. A, 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 it's two out of three great away matches. Mm. This, I think the performance... Well, the third well, one doesn't, the count, third, third one doesn't count because... Oh, yeah, so they're two for two, yeah, right? Two for two. Yeah. So both, both games... That game still I, has to be results, results were great. 
And this time, I think uh, the performance in the first half left a lot to be desired. But the performance in the second half, I think, more than made up for it and made it feel like a better match than the Houston match. Yeah, I mean, I, I've come away from that game thinking, that was a fantastic game, completely forgetting how bored I was at halftime. Well, just go go on social media, look around, and you'll see lots of people. Well, I, I thought the game started at 12.30, so I missed the first 23 minutes. Oh, you're lucky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I realized that because I watched it afterwards, and I, I realized yeah. how lucky I was. Yeah, see, I did also did not watch all the first half live either because I had some family stuff going on, and so I joined in the latter portion of the first half so i didn't i didn't get the live but negative I, I, vibe that everyone else i did. thought you know i agree that the they deserved uh to get poked as you said it yes um but uh and it showed that the the poking worked because the i think we're saying too much poking because <laughs> they really poking they, they really like push the ball and move the ball around a little bit better yeah the obviously possession didn't show it uh overall in possession there was only two five minute intervals where they they had the better possession uh, so that didn't really work uh, really that way, but that but they were, were dominating. They were moving around a little bit more, and they were lessening the danger that Columbus was providing. Columbus was dominating, but they weren't creating no. that. They, they were better in the first half. Dangerous. There, there was no threat at all from the, them. They were better in the first half. The second half, the the the, the chances kind of dwindled for them. I mean, the, the only real like Higuain had a chance early on that he blasted over when he should have done better. Right. Santos <laughs> had the shot that hit off Kendall and kind of went wide. Thank you, Kendall. And you, you would have thought that would have maybe given them a, a message of, oh, we probably shouldn't let that guy shoot. He seems <laughs> to like to shoot from distance. But then he tried it again six, seven minutes later. That was a howler from, from Marinovic. You, you cannot... I think that was his April Fool before April Fool. Yeah, if you I, haven't seen the Whitecaps website, there's a great April Fool up on, on, on Stephen today. On who? Stephen. Stephen Marinovich. Have you not oh, seen the April Fool? No, I have not oh, watched okay. Oh, okay. Then you need to watch it. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Obviously, Stefan would file that under the category of things I'd like to have back. Yes. Like the one down in Portland. Right. In the last game of last season. Right. Not that I remember or, or I'm casting this up to him. But, but I I feel, I I feel the defenders should have been a, a little bit more moving around, so they were instead now, of staying yeah, staying spot. Like, I, 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 wa- I watched it again because initially I thought, oh, Narwinski maybe should have done better. But then when you watched it again, he couldn't have moved in because all Santos would have done would have been played the ball yeah. out left. And I think Aha and I think it was De Jong were just caught by surprise because they just didn't think Marinovic was going to spill, spill it. it yeah. yeah, but you get you can't assume that every time. Yeah, you can't no. you can't stop. The one thing is, it's what, five games in, and this is the first clear and obvious error or large, yeah. costly error. But it didn't cost three points. No, and all the Usted lovers will no doubt jump on Steph. I haven't seen if that was the case, but I imagine that there's a few of them that will have been like, "Oh, Usted will held on to that." Which I mean, we've seen Usted make fumbles like that as well. Every keeper does it. Yeah, it just matter whether it cost him or not, and it didn't cost him yeah. today. Now, or yesterday. Cap's best chance in the first half fell to aha just before oh, half time. Yeah. Nice free kick, got his head on it, saved on the goal line by Stefan. Not our Stefan, but the other Stefan. It's going to get confusing. Two goalkeepers called Stefan. You want to stay with Stephen? You want to stay with Stephen? Yeah, we'll say Stephen. <laughs> um, turned on at the post, but the, the flag had gone up for offside on Shea. If that had gone in, I wonder if VAR would have reviewed it and said, well, he wasn't offside, so it wasn't really an offside because it was given on Shea that was offside. Or you, you would hope. Yeah. You would hope, but I mean, who knows? We don't really but, get a lot of good VAR decisions going our way. The thing, uh, I may have mentioned this now, I was, uh, you got to hold up your hand when you get something, you know, you're outright, you get something off. I was wrong. 
I really thought Aaron Mon should have played, and Aha, uh-huh, I thought did a did a great job. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll cover how, how the defense did in, in part two, but he did. I mean, he he did excellent. But the turnaround at halftime, as we said, Ro will give them a poke. It's like the hair dryer treatment, but in Welsh, they they don't really have hair dryers in Wales. Who's, they they who, just use pokes. Who scored the first? Who scored the goal for Columbus? Your favorite player, Jesse Zardes. Just all over the, the, the white caps. The blade, the blade. The blade? Is that what we're calling him? Oh, what's that movie? The blade. Blade. Blade the Vampire Hunter? Yeah, he's got the similar. You don't haircut. have to call him the blade. It's Sorry. just a blade. Oh, Wesley okay. Snipes in Marvel's Blade. I thought the blade was something like Zorro. There's Blade 2 <laughs> and Blade I that's Trinity. Where the Z was going in. If, if he had stayed in LA and had partnered Zlatan up front, you could have had ZZ Top. I mean, oh. that was me. It's easy oh. on top. Yeah, yeah. That would have been easy. Yeah, I mean, that would good. have been fantastic. Anyway, second half. Someone should have been all over that and avoided that trade. <laughs> road Warrior, Breck Shea, another goal in the road. His sixth MLS goal is a white cap. 28 appearances, 16 starts, six goals. That, that, that's DP quality to me. <laughs> <laughs> Scored the winner. Well, it's, it's better than Octavio Rivera's record. Anyway, and on half the salary, I think. Scored the winner at Houston. Got the opener in this. Five of those six goals have come on the road. What is it about him that is making him so deadly on the road? Is it just no one expects I personally the Spanish think, Inquisition? Or maybe he wants to just show off for the opposing fans so they maybe they ask to acquire him because he wants out of Vancouver. Oh, no. maybe. No, well, he, no. He definitely, I'm just kidding. He okay. definitely just, was okay. trying to, to win over the, the Columbus fans big time. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely little celebration. Lifting his shirt to point to his Texas tattoo. I can't think what that was about. Then, well, the th- I couldn't see it. There was not an angle on there. No, I, I uh. didn't know what it was, but I read that someone had said oh. he was pointing at his Texas <laughs> tattoo. Um, which I, I just think is class trolling. Yeah. And then he was getting abused. Well, was he pointing at Austin itself on the Texas Oh, that, that would be even, even <laughs> better. He knew exactly where Austin was on, on that tattoo. But then he had been getting abused during the match. Folk were telling me he sucked and stuff from, from what I can gather from, from reading. Like you Twitter always do with the opposing team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is what you do to the opposing team. So he shouted back at them, which I thought was, was excellent. Enjoy not having a team next season. <laughs> now... I have no problem with that whatsoever. If you are giving abuse at a player and he comes back with something witty like that, yeah. you just applaud that. Great now, heel now, work now, now, ahead of the, the best wrestling weekend that is coming up. But we're still in the Save the Crew camp, just for the right. Or yeah, I am. Yes. We'll, and we'll get to that. But. Yeah, we will come to Save the Crew in, in part two. But as much as you want to Save the Crew, that was classic trolling yeah. and great heel work by, by Brexy. Can't can't knock him for that. I'm pretty I, sure some folk will. I do wonder about the you know the the home versus away. I do wonder if he feels less pressure or something. Now I don't think he feels Maybe. pressure to begin with in some no. sense, but I, I I you just wonder like is it like it's just like oh yeah I just yeah. go out and do my thing and I, I think actually it was Russell Beresford that tweeted out saying he was amazed that Brixie actually was aware of the crew moving to Austin situation because <laughs> oh. he doesn't seem to take a lot of interest maybe, in stuff. Right. Maybe maybe on. he's a better counterattack player and they play that system yeah, on the true. road and then maybe that's what works. For I them. I genuinely love what she has offered the team this season and towards the end of last season. And I know we've made a big deal about his salary and stuff. I, I like I'm forgetting it's, that's not our concern. What he's paid really doesn't concern us they could buy him down if they wanted they haven't we've discussed why I just like what he is bringing 
off the bench, in away games. That is DP quality. You can't argue with his uh, contribution this year. And I agree with you. I don't care about the salary. I do care about how the club is using the DP spots. We don't yeah, need to have spots, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we don't need to have the discussion. Yeah. But he, yeah, he is. Uh, he's making some pretty massive contributions so yeah. far this season. But then out of that, it looked like the Whitecaps at halftime. I thought there's no way that, that they're coming back into this. Then they, they equalised, and then you felt it was anyone's game for the taking. And then Alfonso Davies comes on three, four minutes later. Media impact, brilliant play. I mean, it starts off with Kamara. He gets the ball in midway in the Whitecaps half, pairs forward, plays a lovely little sideways pass through two crew defenders. Davies gets it, an unfortunate bounce. Round Stefan, back of the net. Everything looked great, but right away, the I can't remember, I think it was Arthur, but it might not have been, but it might have been awful. He had his hand up anyway. So one of them Whoever had their hand was. up but saying the pointing yeah. to the More hand. than one of them was yeah. awful. So the Caps got varred again. And from what I've seen angles-wise, I have not seen anything that says to me that that was a clear and obvious handball. It's, I wouldn't say it's clear and obvious, but it. I think there was a handball there. But ball like to person, hand, hand to ball. I think I have a feeling, I from what I can see, and I've, I'm, I've watched it a couple of times, I feel like... Uh, Alfonso, the way his hand was, he was kind of guiding the ball forward. It he looked has like done it to me. He looked. It looked like it to me. So, the, the uh, first of all, I don't think it was clear and obvious. So, I don't think it might be shouldn't even been varred again. Uh, but once you see it on the screen, you have to call it at that point. I, I think he did kind of too when he after he scored, he did give the a look. Yeah. Right. So th- yeah. that spoke to his inner, not necessarily intent, but like he's like, oh no, is that little thing going to cause it to be called back? I, you, usually, I would say, yeah, like that's ball ball to hand, but the problem is when it leads to a goal, right? Yeah, like that's the, that's the like I if I if I was on the if 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 I was from Columbus uh, and that had stood, I would have felt hard done by. Yeah, I, I guess, and if it had been against us, I would have been saying it's handball, it's yeah. handball. So you can look at it that way. It didn't matter in the end, no, because six minutes later, Kamara, wonderful header. It made it more storybook that way, too, yeah. with Kamara scoring it. Started it off, great work by DC. I mean, obviously, Kamara getting the winning goal in Columbus will be the big story in MLS this weekend. It will make all the headlines. Great work by Davies, and then pinpoint cross by Felipe. I, I, lo- I love when players do that. The ball's coming, the pass is coming to them, and they do that little, like, where they stop bottom, bottom of their heel yeah, yeah. forward and then hit it first time. And then look up and then just hit it. There's yeah. something about that that just screams quality. Kamara's header was quality yeah. I mean that that is why we have brought him in we needed the delivery for a player like that then to do that and he was in the box this week unlike last week I like two celebrations on that goal Felipe cross header goal just Walk turns away. around like ah oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what I do yeah, yeah. and then Kamara with his little signaling off the TV I've, I've watched it somebody so said times, that some, trying to work out what he was well, saying well somebody was saying that he said watch that again on VAR MFR and oh, and then and you'll really nice. enjoy it or something like that. I don't know what that, that would be. Good. Like, that's what somebody tweeted. I, I saw that tweet during the like, game. Review that. Yeah, something. They, yeah, they, oh, something like oh, watch that. that again. Mother, watch that. Mother, yeah, father. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're gonna enjoy yeah. that. Awesome. But the Caps saw the game after that. Slight scare. Arthur hit one off the bar. But Columbus were pretty disappointing, and I think the Whitecaps deserved that win. Full value. Yeah. So that's some of our thoughts on the game. We've got a lot more of it to come. But we're going to play some audio now from both head coaches. 
We'll start off, of course, with Columbus's Greg Bearhalter, who was pretty gracious in defeat. And then, of course, we'll hear from Robbo. And we ain't got no basketball team. We ain't got no football team. So everything's yellow. Columbus Crew Swag, baby. Yeah. Yellow gold, yellow shoes, yellow beach, Columbus Crew. I don't know. You know, I, I think this is a, um, a good wake-up call for us because, um, you know, give Vancouver a lot of credit. They, um, they had a, a clear game plan. They stuck with it, and they executed it. But for us, I think, you know, it's, you know I don't think that we can, um, we can play at 60% of our highest level and win games in this league. I really don't. So for me, the wake-up call is, okay, guys, you know, this is about every game. Um, you know, us playing with a high tempo, us really looking to push our game on the opponent. And today, I think we we're way too slow with our ball movement. Do you have any, was there anything that you can point to as to why the slow ball movement and stuff like that, the stuff that you just said, why that, why today? Um, you know, I, I think that, I think we weren't getting our fullbacks high enough. I think we we're a little too cautious with that. I think um, our wide attack and midfielders at times were coming too deep. Um, so then we had no, no threat to get behind their line. And, and none of the spa- we weren't opening up any spaces. So, you know, again, to me, this is a wake-up call game. It's one of those games that we realize, okay, we've we got to get better. We've we got to do better. And, um, and we'll be fine. Um, Greg, we talked yesterday about just applying pressure on crosses. On that, yeah. last, on that last goal, is that kind of how you diagnose that play? I have to look at it again, but to me it looked like we were, we were perhaps a little too deep. Um, we didn't get enough pressure on the ball. And then, you know, give Kai credit. He makes a, a good header, but I, I think we were, we were a step slow on that play for sure. Obviously all three goals, I mean the second one got disallowed, the Davies goals, just based on counterattacks, is that something that, you know, you really were trying to prevent Vancouver in just, you know, terms of just trying to, you know, prevent it getting beaten transition? We did. You know, I think... I think um, I think we did a decent job of that, uh, and then in the second half, we, we did lose our shape a little too much. We did give them a little too much space. When you look at the first goal, um, you know, it, it just was, was an example of where we could have been better. I think the goal that got disallowed, very similar situation. You know, we have a chance to stop the counterattack very early, and, and we let the player run. So, again, to me, this is, this is a good wake-up call for us that we can't go through the motions in this league. You need to, you need to perform every single game. Uh, Rob, just uh, overall thoughts on the big victory here in Columbus? Well, happy with the three points. Obviously, we know it's a difficult game whenever we come to Columbus. They're a really good team. They like to play a certain way, and we knew that coming into the game. But I thought the game plan was excellent. The boys carried out what I asked them to and put a lot of effort in. And when you take your chances, obviously, it's, it's pleasing. What did you make? Uh, what was said at halftime? It seemed like uh, the team came out and was a completely different team at the second half. I thought we, we, we did well shape-wise in the first half. We conceded a goal through a goalkeeping error, um, but they didn't really hurt us in certain areas. You know, they played some good stuff in front of us, but not behind us. So I said to be positive, um, make positive decisions in the final third. Um, when you get your chances, take them. Um, and it's all a credit to the players today because at halftime, when I did give them a little poke, they responded, and you get your reward. Obviously disappointing and unfortunate, the uh, goal that Alfonso scored. Just what did you make of the ability for them to come back after some more adversity? Well, I hope they're right, first thing, because um, ball to hand or hand to ball, they have to be clear with that because I don't think he actually stuck his arm out. I think he tried to put his arm in 
So whether it's um, a positive action or not, I don't know, is up for debate, but I'll probably blow, let that one blow over because we managed to get a goal after the after that event anyway. But the response was great. We didn't deal with it. We dealt with disappointment very well. Uh, and we went again and we got the reward. Kai coming back to his former club and scoring the game winner, just so he was a beast all night. He was, and I said to him before the game, sometimes, you know, you don't need to say anything. Sometimes you let your football do the talking on the pitch, and that's exactly what he did today. Not just his goal, I thought his all-round performance was top draw, and I'm delighted he got his reward, and obviously fitting that he was here as well. The gaffer's there, and we play that gaffer theme tune with a, a tinge of sadness this week. A lot of you won't know, but the, the gaffer, that theme song, is from a 1980s uh, ITV UK sitcom called The Gaffer, starring Bill Maynard. And Bill Maynard sadly died this week, aged 89. So young, so, so much still left to give. He was still acting, and he had just recorded an episode of Pointless Celebrities in the UK, and he had an 80-year acting career. So he was a big part of my childhood shows like Oh No, It's Selwyn Froggett and The Gaffer. Loved that theme. Sad to see him go. Bit worrying, though, that so many people that we involve in this show seem to die. We've had the Bullseye tribute. We've had Bruce Forsyth. We've got The Gaffer. Just just be careful, you two. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I haven't played any music or anything like that. That's where I'm going <laughs> I haven't created any music, as you say. But we'll just wrap this section up just by wrapping up a little bit of stuff about the, the crew game. By the time the Whitecaps got back to Vancouver today, they will have travelled over 20,000 kilometres for their first three away games. That is absolutely insane. Now, what's left, though? What, how well, many they're going to travel, what, 55 Overall, overall, so, so that's that's twenty in the first month. Yeah, I mean, it's thirty-five for the way. rest of the year. Yeah, and if you listen to my chat with, with Jordan Much in the preview podcast, he said the same. It's like, oh, great to just get these out of the way now. You guys, I don't know. You guys are not looking at the upside. Sure, you got to travel. This is, but think of all the air miles that they get out of this. All yeah, the, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. I know. I mean, the, it helps pay for itself. The, get to travel. Could even be more. another trip to Hawaii for everybody. But will they be able to use it with all the blackout dates? Do they get to keep it themselves? I'm no, sure they do. The, the individuals, no. No? No, the individuals, probably not. I would have thought I, they I thought they might. The individuals? Oh, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. The well, rules. no. When the... I know. I know. They should, otherwise. I know, for shocking. example. Uh, International players get to. I know referees. I know this was a big thing. Referees uh, in other leagues, um, they, their tickets are obviously paid for by the league, and they get the air miles. Reporters who go on trips with the teams. Get yeah. their airlines right, and they get the the really? airlines. Yeah. I would have thought the person paying for it gets there. We but what are they going to do? with We it? need to get to the bottom. We of do. This. We do. If Mister Whitecaps is Mister Whitecaps, live, c- call in six zero four eight two two. Anyone listening live, feel free to call in. Yeah, we'll see what we can take. I might not realize it's ringing though. It's not like it's going to ring. I'll watch. I'll okay. keep one eye on it. Anyway, qu- quick final thoughts on this before we end this part. What does a win like this do for the mentality of the group? Sitting on 
top of the table, it, joint still with KC on ten points. It just, I, I think it reinforces that they're they are a good road team. Somebody was saying that they're since twenty fourteen, they're one of the best road teams around. Carl yes. Carl Robinson has the best road record in MLS over the last four years. But he just, they just need to figure out a way to translate that into home wins. Yeah. And yet, and, people still criticize the team for playing like that on the road. It's like we, we want you to be more entertaining. No, okay, I want the points. Yeah, I. I th- some of the stuff I've read and listened to and whatever is there is a little bit of that even even on the road. But there I think the bigger concern is that's also been what home some home games have looked like as well. The thing is you can play that way on the road. You just but you you can be a little bit more dynamic in the way you play that system. You don't have to like just sit around and just wait for the the other team to run around the, the ball. You can actually attack the ball instead of just sitting, sitting well, in their if spots. If it works, it works. If the, it's not broken, don't fix well, it. Well, the one other perspective actually too that I read that I thought was kind of interesting was I saw a few people kind of talking about how this is fine during the season, but when it comes for the cup at the end of the yeah. year. And then it's hard then for them to make the switch. Yes. It, it yeah. looks like it might be. It has been. But anyway, we'll be back with some more chat about what might be the Whitecaps' last ever trip to Columbus after this. Hi, I'm Carl Robinson. Uh, you're listening to the AFTN podcast. Can you hear it calling? Do you feel Will we ever come here again? Will we ever play in Columbus again? That is something we will discuss in this part of the of the show. Well, well la- last week we established we won't get fooled again. Yes, definitely not. Or will we? I don't know. I, I have a funny feeling we might, you know. But we're going to look at some of the individual player performances just to kick this section off. And I, I want to start by looking at Felipe. Great stuff from him again. And I love that other players in the league seem to hate him. To me, that means he's doing something right. He's a slamo type player. He's got that. He's grit. a Michael type player. He's got that grit and like skill. Yeah, and everyone some everyone nice hates game him. management yeah. towards the end. Yeah. It's like oh oh oh, love that when it's my team. It's the, Was, the, weren't even the commentators the, saying oh he's not hurt? <laughs> that, 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 oh, I don't know. Columbus must be pretty humid. It must he, be. Yes, it must be. Hmm. First assist as a whitecap as well, and he's never had less than five in a season. So at least four more. Yeah, and um, I think I would, I'm expecting eight to ten at least. I think it's more too, only because that he, if he's going to be crossing the ball. If he's going to cross well, them like he did for that. Yeah, he, I think I think those will be, uh, like before, New York always like kind of played from the wide always. Um, they always had wide players to bring the ball through. Uh, they rarely ever brought the ball through well, the middle, and I think that might be a difference. Or in these last couple of years, it went through Sasha Kleshton. Yeah, lot. exactly. So yeah, I agree. His time at his time at Dead Bull, I think he was more withdrawn. His he was did less attacking. Yeah, I like him up top higher. I don't. Yeah, I, 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 I know. I he, know he he's did very well val- with all those passes and stats that I, I read out last week. Yeah, I know he's valuable, like pretty valuable to be uh, w- like a withdrawn playmaker, kind of deep lying playmaker. Yeah. But I think. I think up top he's he's way more dangerous. He has 
I feel he's been unfairly criticised in the first couple really? of games by some folk. Yeah. Who's criticising? I don't, I don't know. know. After the last game, there was a lot of folks seemed to be piling on him a bit, and Juarez as well. And oh, the last game was just so disappointing overall. Mm. The last game, he sat way at the back. Yeah. He really couldn't do anything. Like, he got the ball yeah, up doing, to the guys. but like, Doing what he was asked to like do. Like, everybody said, the final third was missing, uh, and he, but he was never there because he was so far back by the... Uh, but how, how can you go... Like, just the team in general, from that performance against LA to that, and I know LA put men behind the ball, so it's a different kind of game. We're trying to break them down, whereas we're holding off another well, team. But I, just. That, no, that's the key, it's though. It's frustrating. That's I, the key, I, I, I think they play to the level of the opposition. Yeah, I know they don't want to admit it. I know, they, I know they don't want to admit it, but I feel like that's what they do. It seems like a regular thing. I think the once bigger. In a, once in a while, they'll go, like, like against San Jose, for example, yeah. in that, for, that, that playoff game. That, then sometimes they'll just break it out, but normally is they're playing to the level. I, I think the approach is the bigger thing. So the yeah, LA sitting back saying break us down. That's not how they were really set. Even at home, usually really set up to to play. When you go to an away game in Columbus, and Columbus wants to possess the ball and uh, and just move forward, get forward. Obviously, uh, Burhalter was not happy. His fullbacks didn't get forward enough. I can't imagine if they did what yeah, kind of... That's a good wake-up call what, what, for them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of problem it, they would have caused, or the, the Vancouver would have had with, with their counterattack because they were set up to counterattack, and they counterattacked, they, the, they got the goals, Yeah, they got the job done. What, Actually, what, if you were listening to Burhalter and you are playing Columbus Crew Bingo, yeah. and you had... Like and if you were just waiting, to if you were taking off, shots and you were playing the uh, like shot game and you were like, oh, taking a oh, shot every shot time, shot he said, wake up call. Said, wake up call. You'd be happy at the end of that press conference. I would think alcohol poisoning. It might. It was might, only four times. It might be better actually for the crew guys if they were taking shots and getting hammered. No, he, he edited some out. Yeah, there was oh, more. There was more there. actually <laughs> in that. Anyway, the well, Whitecaps. The midfield. Of, yeah, it's a bit of a quandary there now yeah. because they've got so many good options. It's a nice quandary. And there is obviously going to be rotation all season. And that, that, that was a, a tweet we got from, from Angus Walker. It was actually talking kind of a, a little bit about rotation. That people are saying that the Whitecaps haven't gelled. But when it's rotation, you're not going to gel as easily. But rotation is clearly the key that that, key, that Carl Robinson is wanting to do this. But the thing is, the ro- if they keep rotating, eventually, no matter who they put in there, it'll be gelled because they they know they played with each other over and over again. Like it'll be if you keep keep constantly moving, eventually you're okay with everybody anybody yeah. you play with. I mean, I, Angus says with Robo's manager, they just have to accept that they will be played and dropped and put in different positions and swapped about all the time. But how 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 would you fit them in? Well, I think you're all. You, no one's mentioned the key to all this so far. Three wins, three starts for Russell Tybert. Yeah, mm. I, I, I think I, I agree I'd with that. that. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, for me, fit if you want to ask fitting in. Now that Gazal is getting back, I have Gazal, Felipe, and Much, with Tybert being that fourth guy that can rotate in and out. Juarez, I, I know people like him. I just haven't seen enough out of him myself. Uh, going forward, on the broadcast, they say he stayed home to help get his family settled or something. They they had some family stuff. That's Possibly. what I said. Because I I knew that him and Raina hadn't travelled. Right, Raina took a knock. Raina, no, Raina did take a knock in training. On was Tuesday. that the one you gave to him? <laughs> oh no, that was the week before with someone else. Yeah, Raina took a knock on Tuesday at training and was doing bike work on Wednesday. So right. that that was genuine. He, he he didn't travel. Ali Gazal was. I mean, he got his first he minutes was a beast in, in, in Columbus. Yeah, absolute beast. He was putting in some. 
fierce tackles, which kind of had you going, ooh. There was also a moment in training when Daniel Henry fell over. Oh, no. And, and was there anybody around him? <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> and we were all like, oh, oh. oh, that's... And someone who I won't say who said, oh, that's the season over. <laughs> but he got up, he was fine. But every time he goes down, you're kind of like... It was like Kakuta last year with me. And Nathan kept saying, calm down, he's okay, he's okay. Well, and then he was shipped out, and he wasn't okay. Yeah, he was not. Great. But yeah, Juarez was rested, Gazal got his first minutes, much came in. I think I would probably, right now, I like the four-one-four-one that worked so well last year. I'd have Gazal as the one, but maybe with Tybert coming in and out, because I have liked what Tybert's brought this year. And I would go with Juarez and Felipe as two in, in the middle. With much just coming in occasionally. And you, and you would call it a four-one-four-one as opposed to a four-three-three because you want the wide players to be more defensively responsible. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, you can. It's easy to switch from four-one-four-one to to four-three-three yeah. three and just move it. They're just. It's just a starting point. Yeah. But I I, I agree with you. I, I, although while I don't uh, I don't see much in Juarez right now, I still think that he's part of it, and that's a solid five that you have right now. Very uh, solid. Uh, to, uh, for You've three got a positions. Guy like much as well who. Has got Premier League experience, and you've got him to call on off the bench. I liked a couple times when he like broke down the 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 Columbus back four. Yeah, he was weaving in and out. Was it Gazal and Felipe though? They seemed right away to click. They seemed to have a bit of a connection there. So I mean, we could see maybe them being the two, with Gazal being the guy that hangs back, and then Felipe going box to box. But. I, I would I agree with Steve. I'd like to see Felipe more offensive. When you've got a guy that can send in crosses like that, you want him up being creative. Now, Brexit, we talked about him in the first part, but something we didn't talk about was his finish on that goal, which was sweet. I mean, he was so confident. Yeah, he just... Beautiful strike. Yeah, he was confident and like... It didn't one, take too much time to think about it yeah. either. Well, in one sense, that it was kind of an open opportunity, but like the, the, the way he smashed it in, I thought was like really quality. And Davies, we talked about him as well uh, with his goal. That was a great out and off the bench. Great hustle, electric. You don't want to burn him out, and Rob was very keen that he's not going to burn him out. Rotated out the squad this week to to be on the bench. We saw the poorer side of his game last week, which maybe a bit of a rest, a bit of a fire under him. So, I mean, that was good. But how can you leave him out when he puts in a performance like like Saturday? It just... It's such a pleasure to see him play fo- play football. I know his his goal got called back. Whatever the other things he did in that game, like when he kept the ball in on the end line and then oh. and then make the the oncoming crew yeah. guy. Now it went out for a throw in, but like, and then at the end of the game when he kind of did the the roulette around with four yeah. guys around, like it just it's, it's he in- had a couple of kicks at him as well. And when he, if he's going to be doing roulettes around players, he's going to get a few more kicks. So that is something that that we really have to watch. And hopefully, he gets the protection that he deserves from referees in situations like that, which he really hasn't in the preseason. No, and- which is something I was meant to write about this week, but ran out of time. So I'm going to write about that next week because I've got some good quotes from Robo and Kamara and and Davies himself on that. But he's enjoying his football, the smile on his face, and. He's just everything he's doing. He's just really enjoying it, yeah. and I I want to see him. And I I think I like him on the right. I think it was Joe in the preview show had called for him to be on the right because his good defensive play allows Nerwinski to kind of tear Overlap. up as well. And yeah. then I saw some people got, complaining like, "Oh, he was playing right back at the end of the game." 
And it was just like, no, no he no, wasn't no. playing right back. He was just he was dropping, defense yeah. dropping wider. Exactly. Yeah. So Nowitzki exactly. tucked in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well, like, talking about the defense, they looked solid again. Yeah. Is Aha now the, the man that we're going to see beside Waston? I think forward? so. I called it last week. Despite what I said last week, I think, yeah, I think you're right, Steve. Uh, I, I think it, it's going to be hard to... That's why I spoke to him on last week's show. I thought that myself. But he... he uh, the good thing is he also – I still have some questions about his pace, but I think that he is a really good type of player for when Kendall goes to the World Cup. You yeah. just bring in Mond or uh, – they, they, I think they complement each other as well when they're playing together. And like Mond and him seem to have a bit of a, a good partnership as well. It does leave you wondering, like, where does Henry fit into all this when he is – Oh, when fit? he's healthy, he's, he's higher than Mond on the depth chart. Whether he can break uh, right Aha at that point. I was going to no. say right, right, right. <laughs> Maybe we'll get another fun three at the back. Three at the back, yeah. Oh, Harris Or just four, four, like Germany at the World Cup, just four centre-backs across the back four. <laughs> uh, three at the back with Danny Alves. <laughs> hey, that won me a, a competition, so don't knock it. So before we get into our player rankings, who was your man of the match yesterday? Uh, Felipe for me. You, you go, Michael, because you know I don't enjoy this. I know. It's, it's a tough one. I, I'm i tempted to give it to Davies just because yes, he was so electric same. when he came on. But I'm, I'm going to give it to Breck Shea because I just think he put in a shift and got us back in the game. And I liked his trolling. Okay, I'll just keep, we'll, we'll, we'll separate it out. I'm going to go with Kai Kamara. Not just because he got the winning goal, but... Uh, what serial owned? Yeah, because of what could have, uh, could have, should have wasn't uh, a really nice setup on Davies' goal, no yeah. goal. I mean, that that was one of the, the different setups of the season. Going to take a lot to get better than that. He was also very excited post-match, which was nice. Yes, I liked that little video that, that they were that they filmed as they went off the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that's our man of the match. So, as always, Steve tweeted out for our listeners to rank them. So let's rank them, baby. Oh, dancing's going on this week. Ranking full stop. I just like doing that. It's my energy making. No, it came out of its own accord. So how did the players feature with the, the listeners' ranking, Steve? Okay, so uh, we'll go from the, uh, the bottom three, first of all. And um, Wait, wait. Jordi Reyna? No. Oh, okay. They didn't play. Um, <laughs> Stefan Marinovic, I think his uh, spill uh, cost oh. him a spot. So he was the. Uh, and I'm taking subs out. Okay. Uh, because obviously, I don't think, except for Davies, nobody really had that much. And I was going to oh, say, actually, why did he even include no, the subs? But then a guy like no, Davies. actually, Gazal actually yeah, had Gazal. a pretty good run yeah. for the last 20 minutes, actually. So it was only Tichera. So, um, but the next two bottom uh, for after Marinovic are Jake Nowinski and Marcel De Jong. So people obviously didn't feel like the fullbacks had very much influence in the match, it seems like. That's fair. I mean, uh, it's tough doing these rankings when... I mean, the def- defenders so, don't have much to do. Yeah, just, the thing is, just because you're at the bottom the, doesn't mean that you had a horrible game. Yeah, I mean, you could have a great team performance, so someone has to be bottom. Like, yeah. some games there's going to be uh, when you're, you know, only the top two players had good games and the nine of them didn't, so I, it's going to be back The defense felt really solid, and yeah. it, was, it was a keeper error that led to the only goal, and otherwise they were... They were quite good. I've just been sent a fantastic, I think it's from Instagram, picture of Kamara with Breck Shea 
with Shay pointing to his Texas tattoo. Oh, there you go. That's what obviously was the case. Is yeah, that, yeah, there you go. What, is that the capital? I don't know. That, that might be where Austin is. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to derail you there. Just, no worries. I just got this from Van City Villa, Duncan. So cheers oh. for that. That's tremendous. The top five. We'll go over to the top five. Uh, fifth spot went to Kendall Waston. Uh, fourth spot to Alfonso Davies. Mm. Third spot to Brick Shea. Mm-hmm. Second to Felipe. And number one was Kay Kamara. Just, mm. just to clarify, yeah, Austin's the capital, and that that star is Austin. Is Austin? Oh, <laughs> now uh, it's even better. Just, just to let you know, also about despite Kai Kamara win, getting the top spot, he, uh, Felipe actually got more first place votes. Oh, but Kai got Kai got a lot of second place votes, which upped his mm. uh, overall value. I, I mean, it was a great all round team performance, and if we can get the same again in RSL, which we won't get into that too much, because obviously the preview show will do that. But yeah. I mean, they're going to go there full of confidence now. RSL's not looked great, and we'll, we'll talk about them when we, when we do our MLS Western Roundup. Who was your man of the match again? Uh, I went for Shea. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to... <laughs> After that, he, he's a, I, I can't go to training this week because I have to work, and I wish I could because I would love to speak to him about that. That is tremendous. Um, but yeah, I mean, J- Jordan Much, as we mentioned, he... he Played from the start yesterday. Yep. Bernie Abini as well. That was a bit of a surprise, I think, for some people. Oh, he was... I thought he did well. I know he came off after... 16. He came off for Alfonso, yeah. Yeah, Alfonso. I thought he did well. No, the goal... The goal... That was a cross to Kai. And I think no, if, yeah. if Stefan... Yeah. If Stefan... Or uh, Zach Stefan... Um, had it got there, I think Kai would have got his yeah, head I think on he'd it. Have put it away. And so... But um, it was a dangerous cross. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean... F- Training this week before they flew off, they had to be in the end to what looked like the starting lineup, and it's like I like that because no one's going to expect that. And it's two big wide winger. Like yeah, it was not, yeah. I said referred to him last week as the forgotten man. Yes, not anymore. No, he. Uh, I I thought he made a good yeah, contribution. He, to he the did win. really well. But I mean, we talked about Jordan much there. Um, he will have enjoyed that win. We spoke to him in the preview show. If you haven't heard that, you can listen to that. He's enjoying his time in MLS. But the more important question is. Does he fancy a chocolate digestive? So you're relaxing at home at night, you decide to have a hot beverage. Do you go for a tea, a coffee or something else? I don't drink really any hot drink, so it, the only hot drink I'll drink is probably a hot chocolate from Starbucks. That's, that's it and that's an odd occasion. And are you a biscuit fan? If you got a favourite biscuit or anything? Uh, yeah, if I'm gonna have a biscuit, I'd probably go for a chocolate hobnob, which is like they're they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Yeah. And would you dunk if you had your hot chocolate and your oh, your yeah. hobnob? Definitely, yeah. That combo goes very well, very very well. That's great. Thank you so much for your time today, John. Nice Cheers. Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? So, no chocolate digestive for Jordan Munch, but a hobnob. My wife likes That's a not hobnob. Bad. Was there a player recently that will like hobnobs too? I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, okay. well, Zach's shaking his head like I meant that dirty. My wife loves a hobnob. Not a chocolate hobnob, just a, a plain one. 
Now, speaking of, uh, obviously, Breck, we talked about Breck Shea's Instagram post and everything like that. Um, he's obviously in favor of a move to Austin. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, Kai we Kamara should... wants him to go to Vegas. Well, <laughs> but we should obviously talk about the crew, Save yes. the Crew uh, format. Um, I, I would have loved to have spoken to someone from Save the Crew, but no one replied to my email request from last Monday, so... I, do, are you feel hard done? <laughs> I, like, I don't care if they speak to us or not. But if you're wanting to get your message out, it, it makes no sense to me that you wouldn't want to try and do as much media as, as possible. Who's higher in your crap list, Save or True or Michael Petrasso? Oh, Petrasso's still right. Oh, right there. Yeah. Another poor attendance anyway in Columbus yesterday. They got 11,000, just over 11,000 for the home opener in Montreal. Just under eight and a half for their second game against DC last week. And then just un- under nine, eight, nine, nine, two yesterday. I know we said this on a previous episode, but it feels like we're watching Major League the movie. Yes. Like, it just literally feels that and way. And there's no marketing in the town. They're not doing promotions. So MLS is picture not promoting them. Off the owner's box yesterday. I saw that on Twitter, and it was completely deserted. I mean, even the West Ham owners turned up at their game yesterday, <laughs> and they got coins thrown at their face. Well, now, they're probably wanting those coins. Wait, yeah. are you trying to give Save the Cruise? <laughs> give them some money. Or give them some ideas, yeah. Now, it's tough for the fans on how to play this. I don't want to see them leave Columbus. I'm fully behind the Save the Crew movement. But you don't want to give this tosser any of your money. But that then just plays into pre-court's hands because he can then say, hey, this city doesn't care about the club, we can't get attendances, the, the club can't survive. It's a tough situation to go. I've been through it at East Fife. We boycotted. We didn't buy season tickets. We were lucky because they had a mound behind the goal where we could stand and watch the game for free. But then the owners bulldozed the mound so we couldn't watch the game from there. So we got inventive. We Set up scaffolding or something? No. Oh. Well, we, we did bring chairs and ladders. Oh. <laughs> Um, and we could look over the wall that Tables. way. Sounds like Swanger. Yeah. Tables as well? Also, the, the, there, was, there was fences. There was no tables, ladders and chairs, no. The, there was fences or like, there was gates where the ball boys had to open the gates to be able to get the balls that were kicked over the wall. So they weren't locked, so we knew that. So we could then open the gates and sneak in. So we did, we did that in one of the games. A guy opened the gate, went in, dressed as a giant chicken with a wheelbarrow, <laughs> Pushed the wheelbarrow all the way around the side of the pitch. And I referred to this in a, a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. Then went into the, the stand, walked up the stairs of the stand and sat beside our chairman, and who then, then called the police, yeah. <laughs> who said there's a giant chicken beside it. So you need to be inventive. If I'm all for boycotting. That's a great idea. But then you have to have something outside the stadium. Protests. Get the fans there. Yeah. Make it known. Get the media there. Get it national. What would you do, Zach, as a supporter? If that was happening here in Vancouver, would you attend the games and protest within? Or would you boycott and protest without? No. Well, first off, I I, I, I think we may have also said this in the past. I think... Whatever people want to do, that that's their prerogative, yeah. and like that's that's fine. For me personally, I think I one of two things. Uh, well, one of two things. One is yeah, you you don't go, or you go and you don't like you don't actively support. The problem with that is you need everyone on the same page because if if if, if yeah. some people and that support is the and others here, because that kind of fan protest in stadiums is a little bit alien. Yeah, 
and other people will just support. So that, that, that's one thing you do. The other thing I, I would be more my personal f- first choice is you go because you love the players, the coaches, whatever, or the club itself, wh- whatever, and you actively visually express your yes. perspective, your opinions, your rationale, your reasons, and ideally not just once, although you probably want to do once really big, but you want to kind of keep it going. So I know they yeah. do they do have some banners and stuff that are there that are about it, but for most of the ninety minutes, all you should be hearing in the TV broadcast broadcast is like save the crew, save the crew, save the crew, and stuff like that, and just yeah. anti pre court stuff. Well, that's you're what not, would happen in the UK. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're not hearing stuff like that. Do you feel that they're doing enough? I know you say it's up to them how they want to do it. Personally, I don't. I think they should be more vocal at the matches. They need to make their presence felt visually more than they are. And they need to up the scale of their protests. Maybe I should send them a, a football violence wavelength compilation <laughs> CD just to get them a little bit riled up. I don't. To be honest, I don't have a, a, my finger on the pulse of the things right now. So I don't know where they're at. Because part of this might just be they're literally like, okay, this guy's doing this no matter yeah. what. And so yeah. they're, like, they're, they're I, like, I'm not giving him money. We're just going to whatever. But you you you'd love to see some things done massively and ongoingly. But that's again that's. I think they realize the fate is sealed from the like. I don't think they can do anything. I think they're uh, betting all their putting all their bets on that lawsuit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they're just because I think they, they no matter what pre court or MLS say, it's they're it's not gonna they're not gonna change their minds. I think they know because it's been in the works for like a number of years or in, uh, at least a year. Yeah, that I think they well, realize they're yeah. not gonna they're not it's, changing. Was they're not changing the for the fans. But yeah, they not for they're, all the it's, they're not the changing teams. MLS's fan uh, I, uh, mind. Sorry, and they're not changing Precourt's mind at all. Well, MLS, that's the thing. This has been going on like this. It feels like this was the plan since 2013 or whatever when he bought yeah. this side. And it is going to be really interesting to see what happens with the lawsuit in. Ohio, but also what was going on. I don't know if anything's changed in the situation with uh, Sacramento, not Sacramento, mm. not San Antonio in Texas. Oh, yes. because oh they, yeah, they had yeah. a lawsuit. Because they were well. saying, look, you. There's also issues in Cincinnati now in Ohio as well, because they might not get the stadium where they want it and the options that's on the table the club don't want. So it could derail oh. their whole bid. In so Miami, it's a bit of a mess of in Ohio. I mean, ideally, what you want, Columbus to stay. Cincinnati to come in. Yes. You've got an Ohio Derby. That would be it crazy. It would be fantastic. A state, state Derby would be amazing for them. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels that they're. And their finally, fate Columbus is might be able to fill up the stadium, too. <laughs> yeah. Feels their fate is sealed. But I just I wish them all the best. I hope they can do something to save their club. And they've got our best wishes for the rest of the season. We hope to meet you in the MLS Cup final at BC Palooza. No, why not Columbus? We win there all the time. Oh yeah, that's true. I hear Columbus. Five wins would be nice. I hear Columbus is lovely in December. <laughs> yes, it'd be wonderful. <laughs> Some friends in the TA told. Anyway, we'll be back with more chat after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, and in this part, we're going to look at what actually turned out to be a fantastic weekend for the Whitecaps. They were one of only four Western teams that won. They're now sitting pretty, joint top of the West, as they were, with Sport and KC. Massive lead over Seattle Sounders. Sorry, I just saw the Seattleers on the head seat. You hadn't seen that. That's going to make it a bit tough to talk about then. No, no, I saw it. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a really... If you, if you don't know what's happened in this game, then you're going to enjoy us no, talking about and, it. I'm checking, I'm checking. And the thing is, is LA, uh, the, the teams that won, one was playing each other. 
Yeah. And then the other two, um, sporting, obviously DC, you can, you know, who's going to win there. And then the other one's Colorado. You don't expect much from Colorado. So that, well, that but, really doesn't mm, hurt the white well, caps either. But you expect even less from the Philadelphia Union. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so again, the, it, uh, it was like you said, near perfect weekend. Yeah. I, we'll, we'll kick things off with a, a look at the game on Friday night, TFC against Real Salt Lake. Friday night football. Opponents. Yeah. Friday night next week as well. Actually, Friday night for the next three, maybe four. Four? I know. I don't think it's three or four. Uh, I'll check the. We'll check the schedule. It's, I don't think it's, it's three. Salt or Lake and LAFC for sure. For yeah. Us. And then I know we've got the fr- our next home games on a Friday as well. I just don't know what the other one uh, is in between that. Oh yeah, the Salt Lake here. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have Kansas City away. I think that's a Saturday. That might be a Saturday then. So three of the next four will be Friday nights. But RSL next week's opponents. They were two down at half time. Outdoor got a brace. Yeah. Shavinko. Oh, yeah. Two penalties. Not very good at penalties. No, Shavinko. it doesn't seem like it. No. Yeah, I, I did. He needs to, maybe oh. they need to set the ball outside the Great box. Great save by score. Remando, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to say he did really well to, to turn that around. Well, he put it the same. He stopped him last year. I, I don't think it was a penalty either. And it was no. a bar review that got given us a penalty. No, either. the first one was, I, don't, I think it hit him in the chest. It looked yeah. like it, it was a bad No, angle. no, no. It, no, it hit him on the arm. His hand was down. It hit him in the you arm. Think? Yes. Uh, that's your Toronto bias no, coming out. No, 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 no. That was the second one. The even TFC the other Army second penalty t-shirt. was just kind of a clumsy thing. Yes, I guess that. I felt the contact initi- was initiated outside the box. Yeah. It should have been outside the box. But if they're going to do tackles like that, we probably want to have maybe Teixeira playing next week. He's he's good at going down under that kind of. And it was contact. It, it was uh, Glad too, who's uh, like touted as one of the best center backs, mm. come, up and coming center backs. The. the so after Mondo made the big save on uh, Seba, it was uh, I like what he did because he he chose to cheat like stay in the middle because he thought okay I think Elzador is going to put it down the middle and of course he blasted in the yeah. corner so but I, I like that decision I mean uh, it would have been great if he stopped both of them RSL looked poor and they've looked poor for the the first few games this year they made a game off it with eight minutes to go but then Ricketts put it out of reach in stoppage yeah. time now Mike that kind of looked offside too. Oh, what's it offside? No, there was a, oh, nah. no, no, no. That was uh, mine. That's later. Mike Pick, he said afterwards, I got freaking slides. No, he didn't. He said, <laughs> I know what the problem is, and it's going to be fixed. Which to me, if I was didn't a player. Say, didn't he say after the 5 1 or whatever? Five, I don't one? know. But if no, I was yeah, a there player, was a something that was embarrassed or something like that. He I, said yeah, something like that. I wouldn't really want to be in the locker room with Mike Pitkey if he's coming out with things like that. That just sounded ominous for them. Let's hope he doesn't fix it, though, in time for next week. Or maybe until May, since we play them twice in April. But looking good, I'm confident going into RSL next weekend. Yeah. The RSL is, is a Saturday, though, right? That's no, Saturday. it's Friday. That's Friday. It is the Friday. It's yeah. a Friday night. Friday night lights. I like Friday night football. TSS Rovers. You get the whole weekend ahead of you then, too. Yeah. Actually, enjoy this coming weekend. Yeah. WrestleMania. Oh. Supercard of Honor. <laughs> NXT takeover. Speaking of things that are prescripted, the LA the LA Derby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did you get my tweet about I that? I did. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, the LA Derby. We won't go into that in too much details because it's been covered ad nauseum everywhere else. But what a match! MLSsoccer.com asked the question: Was it the greatest MLS match ever? Not and for know, de- not for defenders. I know that's hyperbole, but. It's hard to argue. I watched it live. I was entertained. That was a fantastic game from start to finish. Oh, there were... I could I could say it's not. It wasn't the best highlight package ever. It wasn't. <laughs> no, I'm just you watched the because I watched the highlight. Oh, it was... he. Uh, it, there was a lot of chances in that game. Yes. Was there? Okay. Yes. 
Like there was a lot of chances. It makes not- you wonder why the White Cats didn't tear yes. that LA Galaxy defense apart. And they were well, a full strength, I think. Or, ha- or have pretty them, much, yeah. Or have them score on themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Carlos Vela was uh, really good. He was the man oh. of the first half. And yeah. Zlatan was the man of the second His predominant half. left foot, then his right foot. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The, the, the call for the second goal, because the ball took ages to go oh, in yeah, the net. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> it was weird, because I was listening to it, and I wasn't, I wasn't watching the screen at that point. I was watching the Whitecats thing. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and then I turned around in time to see the ball go in. But yeah, I mean, Vela had a great start. 2-0 up at half time. Before we get into the second half, what is with the... I thought it was a joke during the week, El Trafico. Yeah, no, that's the name. I know. I, now, I, I, Brendan I've... Walters, caps offside on Twitter, made a very valid point. Why Why do you have to force these nicknames? Yes. Let them develop organically. And my point is, uh, what's wrong with the LA Derby? Yeah. Why do you have Some, to give it a stupid Spanish name? Someone on one of the broadcasts this weekend said that. They're like, this is why you don't give it a name ahead of time, because you let it develop its yes. own flavor, its own thing. And a game like that helps bring out a name or helps bring out – helps shape it, obviously. Every, every game is going to shape it. Yeah. But like to start that way, the El Trafico thing, I've heard – I've only heard it from MLS people, but they say it's organic from the fans. But every fan I've heard from the LA area says, no, we're not, we don't like this. It's El Terrible. Yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> I loved seeing the LAFC fans, the GOATS fans in the crowd celebrating. There was a lot of them made the trip. Goats it was on a parade. brilliant derby atmosphere. Did you, okay, did you see the small, it was smallish from Tifo from uh, uh, the Riot Squad? No. <laughs> It wasn't a huge banner, but you remember the 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 intro video for Zlatan with the lion? Oh, yeah. It just said, it was a picture of a lion, and it said, lions don't concern themselves with the opinions of goats. <laughs> oh, nice. Second half was, of course, Zlatan's half. Well, it, last 20 minutes. Yeah, well, was his. yeah. I mean, it, it was 3-0. The fans were cheering or starting to chant yeah. the Galaxy fans, we want Zlatan. And, we want Zlatan. And you heard you heard his post game, right? Yeah, live on so, Fox. They, they wanted Zlatan. I gave them Zlatan. Yeah, he's like, is but, the people were singing, "Give us Zlatan, give us Zlatan." But they were able to Zlatan. Before Zlatan came on, they were able to pull back two goals and get within one. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, no, he was on. He was on for the second. Or yeah, he was. Oh, okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah, he was on for the second one, and then I mean, Leget, Chris Pontius had Leget was the first. Yeah, that goal that Zlatan scored. <laughs> It's probably not only going to be the MLS goal of the season, it's going to win the ESPN award. Well, you know what? Uh, somebody was, uh, Matthew Doyle, maybe tweeted it out. Goal of the he year. said, he said uh, uh, unfortunately, if Atlanta taps the ball in uh, from six inches out, that'll be voted uh, goal of the year. Well, because Atlanta fan fans o- overvote everything. Oh. Because Martino was like, named like, uh, both best dressed coach last year, and he wears a, a tracksuit. Track just like Portland used to. Yeah. You remember those days? Yeah. No. The, it, well, that's why you shouldn't it, let people vote. Especially it was, Americans. It you was, see who they vote for. It was. <laughs> it was a good strike outside of the boot, you know whatever. But the keeper took the free kick, and it was totally obviously out of position. Yeah. But the first time of it all, and this, yeah, the way he smashed it, it was. Interestingly, on Wednesday I was at Reno's Tigers Campo Atletico, and the Campo coach was telling his players, "Look how far the keepers off his line." Hit wanting it. his guys to do that, none of them managed to do that. No, no. I think there's the difference of quality yeah. between the there, no lines on that team. Eh? No, <laughs> but they what? did win and avoid relegation in oh. the last game of the season. Campo, 
they yeah. but and and Zlatan obviously scored the winner too. Um, and then and then basically, I uh, my question was at that point, did Tyler Miller lose his nut? <laughs> because that oh, was he's similar going back to his his favorite call. Uh, because that was similar. Well, we we couldn't finish it against Sporting Kansas City uh, yeah. in 2011, yeah. but that that was a similar comeback. Right? That was Obviously. only the second ever comeback from a team being three goals yeah. behind yeah. to win four three. The first one being last year with the <clears throat> team that we will not mention from down the road. Yeah, but the, yeah, unfortunately they did it. But it, it was a huge win yeah. for that. Like. It's hard not to to hype Zlatan. And I know it was like overkill with him coming. He is a big signing. He's a great player. He's a world-class player. But when he does stuff like that, you can't not. He was tremendous. I'm, I'm excited to see what he does. I'm Did glad that we've already played them once without him. Yeah, the one thing that I felt kind of awkward in whatever journalism you want to ask everything, whatever, I didn't like how post-game they asked him twice, how is your knee? Yeah. <laughs> like, if he you, said, oh, so I think yeah, my knee must be good. Yeah, he's just like, did you see the goal? Yeah. <laughs> My name is good. My, I don't feel anything with my name. I, no. I liked his other comment. He said something along the lines of, he hit the, the spectacular goal. He hit it because he didn't have much in his tank, so he wanted to do as little work as possible, so he just hit the ball. <laughs> he is going to be a quote machine. It's going to be tremendous. Yeah. But let's move on from that. Chicago. rivals. Yeah. Timbers. Got their second point of the season. Visiting hey. Chicago. Only eight behind the Whitecaps. 2-2 at Chicago. Chicago came back twice, though, from being behind to grab a point. Valeri had the Timbers ahead six minutes in. They led at the half. Nikolic made it 1-1 five minutes after the restart. Five minutes after that, Blanco made it 2-1. Then Brandon Vincent grabbed the point with six minutes left. Blanco's got three of point. Portland's... Yeah, point. Blanco has got three of Portland's four goals this year. They've only scored four goals. And he said it's yeah. better than some other Cascadian teams. Yeah, Addy, Addy has been, dis- uh, been yeah. disappearing. I, I seem to remember someone put Addy down as winning the Golden Boot. <laughs> who did that? I can't remember. Uh-huh. Can you remember who that was, Zach? No. Two years in a row. <laughs> Two years in a row. I, had I Nick, thought it did. I had Nikolic winning. So hopefully Ooh, that. So you well. might be on. I, um, I had Kai Kamara. I'm looking good. Speaking of disappearing acts, yes. uh, Ritual disappeared off the 18. Again, yeah. two weeks two in a row. row. The defense still isn't looking great. I and, think I think he's and, not. I think he's not throwing money away. Like he yeah. Yes. <laughs> and and ritual. Remember, ritual is a porter signing. So is this yeah. meaning like is there yeah. going to be a changing of the guard? The, at the, the they're either going to possibly buy him out or try and see if some UK team wants to, to take him is, back. And someone is will. he a designated player? Or is he a tan player? He's a designated player. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully, one. he sticks around for the whole season. I'd yeah, like to see. I'd like need, that. Sometimes you need. I'd that. like to see his meltdown. Sometimes, like Shea, you need that designated player on the bench, ready to come on at any second. Well, he's on his couch right now. Yeah. <laughs> Does it look like Portland are starting to turn it around offensively, at least, if not defensively? It's hard to oh, see. Yeah, two. So they doubled. Chicago, they, they doubled their goal tally. Chicago doesn't is not that you know at the at no Christian the, Dean played again, uh, so they let two goals in. And Tony got sixty-ish minutes. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would hold off on that Portland yet. I think they still got stuff to work out, but I think by the end of the year they still will be a dangerous team. Well, looks like Minnesota's bubbles burst. They got the two wins and it's all over. <laughs> Atlanta beat them one 0 in a bitter cold game. It was minus six Celsius at kickoff. Got to about minus nine ten towards the end. The water bottles were freezing apparently. Atlanta own goal three minutes in. Leandro Gonzalez Perez, the guy that. Got Waston sent off his fakery 
got sent off himself in the 38th minute. That was nice to Second see. Second yellow. Second yellow. Ironic. And that was, a, a nicer scumbag. Th- that, that was a late hit too. Like yes. You, you want to you know push somebody away, like, but yeah. you don't wait till they're like three yards off the sideline. The, the and then men go. are sort of, like the stadium, the fans are so close as well. That was yeah. a dangerous shove that yeah. he gave him. Minnesota had 70% possession in that game and they only managed three shots and goal. Once again, showing that possession matters nothing. Robo has invented the new style of football. No one cares about possession. Mason Toy. He had an effort that went off one of the uprights. Yeah, with two minutes to go, it hit the outside of the post. That was their best chance of trying to do something. Because they only had like three shots, right? Yeah. And their 70% possession only came to three shots. So it's good. We don't want Minnesota to do very well. Uh, San Jose, they lost 2-1 to NYCFC. At Another third-minute goal. At home, too. Yeah, San Jose yeah. were one up. This game was on TSN, so I watched most of it. Oh, was it? Yep. Jefferson Quintana, guy I'd never even heard. I didn't even know they'd signed him. <laughs> but he had a near-post header to put him three minutes up. Then NYC rallied in the second half to secure the win. Great strike from yes. the Swede Anton Tinnerholm. Then a 60th-minute deflected winner from Maxi Morales. Not, yeah, that, that first goal was kind of nice. NYC unbeaten to start the season. Four wins out of five. Th- last three games, they haven't had David Villa, and they're actually doing it. Yeah. So only them and Dallas, surprisingly, are remaining undefeated, although Dallas, I think, has only played three games. Yeah, and Dallas, and Dallas we'll see in the summertime where they neither are. Neither of them has faced <laughs> the white caps yet, so that's, yeah. that's obviously why they are unbeaten. But yeah, nice, An- nice loss for San Jose. Another Western team that lost, Houston. Yeah. At home again. Yeah. This time to New England. Even more surprising. <laughs> I don't know what was that. That was surprising as well. Sorry, I was trying to watch the Seattle Red Card. Oh. Um, Traitor Teal, he fired the revs ahead in the 15th minute on a wonderful 4 and 1 breakaway. You cannot beat a 4 and 1 breakaway. No, you can't. Demarcus Beasley, he then got sent off in the 36th minute for a professional foul on Penila. I th- it felt like he almost like headbutted him in the back. I don't know what the, the, yeah. the, from the angle. It looked like he was like. I think he tried stuff. to stumble to make it look like he had just accidentally tripped. Like the Perry Kitchen method yeah. on Alfonso. A that's, a, that's a pro to do that. Yeah. New England hit the post, then Penila wrapped the points up with a nice lovely goal. solo goal. Nice little trickery in the box. He seems like a dangerous player for them. Yeah. I. I had Houston finishing bottom of the West, and you mocked me for that. It's still a long way to go, I know. But they haven't looked good. Did they peak too soon with that opening day win against Atlanta? That's what I want to know. Yeah, it seems like that's, a, that's, the, that's the one that's the outlier. Well, you wouldn't expect them to be so poor at home. No. I, know, I know it's the colder weather down there, but... One point from the last three games, and two of those were at home, and that was the loss to the Caps as well. Um... That invincibility at home, that was really all they had in the past because they didn't even look good well, on their own. Right now, it's decent weather for opposition. It is going to get hotter. Hopefully. And that, I think that's where it's going to, like, uh, the, the later on, that invincibility is going to come in later on when it gets really hot. A team that did win, though, this weekend, Sporting Kansas City, and another goal in the own third goal. minute. It's in, And another own goal in the third yeah. minute. It's, Almost with the third minute. Yeah, it was, it was nice that there were some games that were more exciting than the couple that ended with third minute goals. Yes. Yeah, one nil. That was it. One was the minute. third minute sponsored by somebody? Maybe that's <laughs> possibly. Why. Was it? Wasn't it like Heidi Kid rivalry week or some stupid thing? Like that? <laughs> Felipe Gutierrez got the credit, which is baffling to me because it was clearly a Frederick Brion own goal. Thirty-five shots so between them, only eight on target. There was really nothing else to note in that game. But KC joint top of the Whitecaps, and they've looked good to to start the season. 
They, they look like our, our main challengers for the Supporter Shield right now, is <laughs> what I'm thinking. I think the Supporter Shield is going to come out of the East right now. Colorado, I don't think, will be our main challengers, and neither will Philly. But Col- they did they did beat Philly. Yeah, 3-0 win for Colorado. Badgy. Philly had the youngest defence in MLS history, average and, age of 21, and with showed. two teenagers. It showed. And it showed. They won't be doing that again. They've learned their lesson. Or have they? Colorado. They won't get fooled again. Colorado taking advantage of their altitude against a poor team. Dominique Onion Badgie scored his hat trick, second half hat trick. First two were from close range. Third one was a a lovely finish. It's his first career hat trick. He he had a teammate that was in the middle of the box. Yeah. Who was waving. He was waving for the the ball and he didn't get it. (laughs) Now, Philly weren't great. But and it's hard to read if Rapids are turning things right now un, under Anthony Hudson in a game like this. You, you need them tested against better competition. I just like that Declan Wynn is getting regular starts because I I really liked him when he he was on WFC two. And we've saved the most hilarious game to the end. <laughs> now, when it's Seattle Montreal, it's one of those games you don't want either team to win because you hate both teams. It's called a meteor game, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But if you're wanting one team to win, it's going to be Montreal because Seattle are our Western rivals. 1-0 Montreal win. Actually, I just want to say, I think in the USL era, USL era, I probably would have been happy for Seattle Yeah, actually, this. I probably would have in the USL era as well. I detested Montreal. But not in the MLS era, for sure. Yeah, I don't hate them as much as I used to. And that's surprising to me because I really hated them. I still hate them, but just not as much. It's one of the good things about Houston doing poorly is Matt Jordan is not doing it. Yes. <laughs> Wait, uh, he's still there, right? Yeah, how's his wife? <laughs> Lori. Yeah. The poor, Matt, poor Matt, dog. Do they still have the website com? I don't know. We should check that. <laughs> we'll do that the next week. But the, the Sounders saw red again. Kelvin Leardam was sent off for a slap via VAR via Ismail Elfath. He yeah. loves his VAR. Now, what, what the, you said was for a slap? Did I miss something? Yeah, it was for a slap. Oh, he slapped him? I didn't see, see that. I totally missed that. I thought it was the uh, undercutting no, of the player. No, that's what the commentators thought. They said it was a ridiculous I told, thing. I, off, I, I didn't realize that. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. Basically. Oh, I told you. Can you read that? I saw that. Steve? Yeah. yeah, yeah, let's go. Steve, come over here. I'll, I'll jump up and you undercut me. Okay. <laughs> Daniel. No, I want to see the slap part. Oh. <laughs> the, the ball went out for a throw in. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Lovitz shoved Kelvin I saw that part. in the chest with no repercussions. Lairdam based, just basically put his, his hand up and brushed it across his face. Oh, I, I, wait, it, wait, it wait, was a was, slap. It, was it one of those kind of like, but on the face? No, no, it wasn't. Oh. It, it was, he kind of, just moving away from the, the mic to show Zach. I, well, it was a gentle it, kind of brush well, if you across heard, the face. Yeah, if you heard, I heard the hair rustle yeah. when he slapped but, his beard. Because players used I've to always do... wanted to touch his beard. It, it felt strange. <laughs> I, I did not think it would feel otherworldly. Like that. Player, yeah. player, players used to always do that, right? He used to like just like yeah. tap the guy on the side of the head. I, I think that was harsh. Yeah. And I know the letter of the law: you raise your hands to a player's face. Well, it's a red card. I think the Sounders well, pushed the guy and didn't. Well, your judgment is the clouded. Sounders. The Sounders coach did, um, did like say you know Leardham apologized for what he did. Um, so they they they're kind of accepting responsibility for what they did. I think that was harsh. If that I, had been on Kendo. It would have been a red as well. Kendall slaps every, every yeah. one of his players. <laughs> I, I looked yesterday, he did not slap Kamara again when Kamara scored. Oh. Mm. He slapped the, who else, Who scored the first one? 
Breck Shea. Breck Shea. Oh, he slapped Breck. Yeah. Yeah, he did slap Breck. Um, I think you're just, you're, 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 your perspective is clouded on this, Michael, because it's Ishmael Elf. <laughs> Maybe. I just think it was harsh. and I, Yeah. Anyway, it was funny. But it ended up... It was what, funny because Seattle dropped points. Yes. With a nice winner by Jason Vargas it's a good team on goal. the hour mark. That was a good team goal. Yeah. That they nice scored. footwork I, to finish it. What, what are you going to send to the PR. Radio Cascadia guys when you talk to them? I'll just go... <laughs> <laughs> you got Elfath. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. I'll look forward to chatting to them tomorrow. Sounders. No goals in their first three matches. A record start to their season for them. It's just sad that we don't play them soon. Well, they'll always have this year's Champions League run to console. <laughs> yes. But just before we wrap this section up, what, what is, what's your thoughts on the West one month then? I'm uh, happy with it. It's too early right now to have some, some major thoughts. I think I just like I that we're opening a big gap over some teams that I'm you s- feel will I be am challenging sh- for I'm the shocked by Portland and Seattle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'm not surprised by Sporting. Now, they've got games in hand, but we're eight ahead of Portland and we're ten ahead of Seattle. That's too I, early I, to talk I, about. When you look at the embryonic table and you see that uh, Minnesota United is in fifth, yeah, it's it's too early to, to say anything to say anything about that, especially when you look at Portland, Seattle on the bottom. Hey, you, if it stays Seattle, like that all year, I'll be Seattle not making the playoffs for the first time ever? Then oh. both finishing bottom would be wonderful. But Seattle was in trouble last couple of years. And they yeah, they better. always pull it out. They'll probably get a new coach. We'll see what happens there. Anyway, we'll be back with more chat after this. Hi guys, this is Felipe. Thanks for listening, AFTN. You just had a, a nice text in from Van City Villa, Duncan Nicol, who pointed out that RSL currently have 10 injuries. So that would explain why they are so bad to start the season. Right. And it's also then a worry going there next week because we saw how we played against a 10-11 man injured or missing LA Galaxy side. So, yeah. yeah we'll see Does Beckerman have his hair back or is it still cut? No, it's all cut. Oh, He's lost his I mojo. Thought he, I thought he might have grown it back. Mr. Mojo is not rising. Peck is going to fix the problems, guys. Yeah. Oh, he's going to get Beckerman awake. Yeah, he knows, he knows what it is. <laughs> anyway, now it's time for my favourite part of the show. It's wavelength time. And you got an Easter song for us? Yeah. It, it, well, we're into Easter Monday, so this is still class as Easter. I don't know. But I, I've heard that it's not just about chocolate and bunnies this weekend. There is a bit of a religious side to, to Easter as still well. Still Easter Sunday in Hawaii. Oh, excellent. Our our big Hawaiian listenership will be enjoying this in. <laughs> so I, I've brought a kind of a special song along to, to mark the day. And one that maybe Zach will enjoy. It's a kind of religious based song. It's by English singer Billy Bragg, and it's called God's Footballer. It's about a player that played in the 70s for Wolverhampton Wanderers, Peter Knowles. He's Cyril Knowles' brother. He was more kind of well-known. He gave up being a professional footballer to become a Jehovah's Witness, and it's it's a nice song. I genuinely think you're going to like it. This is Billy Bragg with God's Footballer. God's footballer hears the voices of angels above the choir of Molyneux. God's footballer stands on the doorstep and brings the good news of the kingdom to come. While the crowd sings, rock of ages and the gods bring weekly wages. Lord 
Scott's footballer turns on a sixpence and brings the great crowd to their feet in praise of him. God's footballer quotes from the Gospels while knocking on doors in the black country back streets. He scores goals on a Saturday and saves souls on a Sunday. For the Lord says, these are the last days. Yet to come Billy Bragg there with God's Footballer. We'll be back to our more usual punk football violence songs <laughs> next week. Just thought I'd play something a little bit nice and different. Did you like that one? Uh, yeah, it was soothing. Hmm. Yeah, soothing. There we go. Let me, let me check to see I, how I, many I, listeners are left. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, the dude scored like 64 goals in 91 matches yeah. and quit at 24. Yep, gave it all up yeah. for God. Yeah, I, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> we, I know. We'll talk about that off air. That, like when when the Highland League teams first came into the Scottish League, Ross County and Inverness Cali, they would not play games on Sundays because it's a high religious thing up there. There was one game that they were forced to play, Ross County played his Fife on a Sunday, and their fans just didn't turn up for it. Yeah, that's hmm. fair. Anyway. The Sabbath is important, but, yeah. but also the Sabbath is really sad. <laughs> it's yeah. Sad. I, I'm... Still trying to decide whether I want to make April or May Football Violence Awareness Month for, for Wavelength, but we'll, we'll have I've, a chat. I've, so I felt like 2018's been Football Awareness Year. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it was when Sabbath is not Sabbath. The seventh day is Saturday, but Sabbath is kind of the principles when, when you make it kind of thing. Good. Like, I, know, I know you wanted that. Is that like Black Sabbath? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. But speaking of God's country, some yes. people would call Fresno God's country. Well. Not for Whitecaps no. people. We're, we're, we're going to have a little Who chat. Who right I was trying to look for a link. <laughs> we're going to have a little chat about Canadian and Canadian development in, in this part. And we are going to kick things off with a look at the Whitecaps affiliation with the Fresno Foxes. What? Why would we do that? Because there's little it to know. Seems like, it's going to be a very short segment. It seems like it's not affiliation. It's more like babysitting. Yeah, I wanted to wait till what a month had gone because they've played four games. They've played two in the last week. So we're four games in. Fresno, not a bad start. Two wins, a draw, a defeat. 
Robert Enshaw is there as an assistant coach. You I should, need to catch up with him. Yeah, actually. we need to get him on the line. Yeah. First game was against Vegas. Yeah, they our lost old friends. That 3-2. Robert, if you're listening, the number is six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he's listening to this in Fresno at this time of night, I would expect that because he's he's passionate. But yeah, three two loss in Fres uh for Fresno against Vegas in their first game. No caps on the no. field. Four white caps on the bench though. None of them saw a minute. Yeah. Second game, a one one draw with Galaxy Two. Three on the bench, and two of them came on as subs. Nova Verhoeven got six minutes. Plus injury time. And Ten Campbell got one. And there was only three on the bench because uh, Bevan was away on international duty. No, Bevan's. Oh, not Bevan. Who was it? Baldiss- Baldissimo. No, Baldissimo wasn't away. He just didn't make the bench. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, hmm. sorry. Third game, though. That's, re- that's worse than I thought. Yeah, it's, it's even worse. Third <laughs> game was midweek. A 1-0 win at Seattle. So that was good. Verhoeven actually played some minutes. Yeah, he started, played 62 minutes. No, this is Noah Verhoeven we're talking about. Anyone that watched TSS yeah, Rovers, I think they've taken Zach Verhoeven. No, no this is Noah Verhoeven, an American. Well, he's, he's, he represented Canada, then he switched to America. But he's a re- he came through the residency. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Jonathan, a uh, border caps on Twitter, wanted to know, do you think he'll switch back? I have to feel if he's playing down in the States now, probably not, unless the US don't want him, and then yeah, probably so. Because <laughs> I think that is, that is how it works, if we're being genuinely honest. Campbell was an unused sub for that game. And then the last game was last night. 2-1 win, first home win against OKC Energy, just over 5,000 fans there. Verhoeven started again, went the full 90. Baldy and Campbell were on the bench. Only Tern Campbell came on. He got two minutes this time. Doubled his game time. Yeah. One player who didn't hasn't got any minutes is Sean Melvin. Yes. Which is He's been on the bench. A bit surprising. Yeah. Well, it's even more surprising because the guy keeping Melvin out of the He's team, really young, right? He's got a lot to prove. He's only 34. I mean, he's got his whole future ahead of him. Kyle Rainish. Now, Fresno, they're not a developmental side. We know that. But come on. What is the point of sending Melvin there, who's a quality keeper? And we saw how good a keeper he was with WFC2 last year and seasons before that. And yeah. even when he was at college as well. Why send him down there and not even give him one game? That makes no sense well, to me Well, it's at a all. long season yet. Uh, but four straight games for a 34-year-old? Yeah, he might throw up a... You never know. He might throw out a hip or something. He's so old. Um, so <laughs> then at that point, Melvin so, gets in there. So to look at maybe the, potentially the other side of this, you, if you're Fresno, if you're Frank Yallop, you might be saying, we set up this a partnership. We were excited. We were not maybe not promised, but we said, look, these are all the young prospects we have that we were hoping will come down. Yeah, I and then wanted to. most of them didn't want, or a significant number didn't yep. want to. Some so have may- gone to Europe. Some have gone to college. So maybe they're like, okay, this is not what it was supposed to be. Yeah, we're not. We're not going to focus on that as much. We're going to make sure that we remember, get some wins to help us Gallup develop is a, in the Gallup local is a general manager, community. And, and he's not the coach, so he's not calling – he's not uh, no, but picking he, the starting No, he'll have lineup. a significant influence. Well, I'm sure he will, but uh, the coach event, uh, essentially makes the yeah, starting line. and I do plan to speak on Gallup pretty soon. In fact, Frank, if you're listening, give us a call on 604. <laughs> but, no, we, I mean, we should speak to someone about this and try and find out. I mean, the Whitecaps are never publicly going to say they're not happy with how things are going, but they – They can't they be. can't be, yeah. especially for – for well, poor old Matthew Baldissimo, you, you, who's a great quality talent and is just not getting a sniff. W- without them having said anything, you know the coaches are not happy. Yeah. Michael Baldissimo was at training this week with the first team, so that was a good sign. Him and Simon Colton still training okay. with the, the first team. And then they They're shipped, the they shipped out. Right? They sh- so they shipped out Meyer yeah. Bevin to, on loan Sweden. to th- like third tier Sweden? Yeah. 
Which is so that, that says something big. Yeah. I mean, that, that, he'll get probably regular game time there. So, I mean, that's... Well, you I think, hope he would dominate. I, would I, 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 think, would. I think that's the reason why it's third tier. So maybe they just couldn't find a spot for him on the, on the first two. Um, it's that the future, though. Are we going to... Now, now, they can recall him at any time oh, yeah. if they need him. Or so, extend it as well. Or extend it as well, yeah. But, I mean, is this what we're going to see moving forward? How do we get some of our fringe guys' minutes... Because clearly, sending them down to Fresno, you're not guaranteed they're going to play. Uh, they need well, like they we, need an affiliation with CPL team. That's, that's no, that's, no obvious. That, that's not not going to happen. That's, I, that's what that's, they need. No, to do. I think that's they not do as happen. well. I, I, to I, me, I that would know. make total sense. The CPL, I know Zach's against the, no, no, the CPL Calgary. won't do that. Calgary, no. Calgary, no, yeah. no, no. Calgary what? don't need the white. Well, um, um, but CPL no. cannot. Uh, they're gonna uh, if somebody if Whitecaps want to loan some players out to the CPL, they will take it. I'm sure there might be loan, but there will not be affiliation. No, not affiliation. That's no, what I meant yeah. by affiliation. That's I what I mean in this. Oh, yeah. I'm not talking yeah. about a proper affiliation. It's just you're going to find there's going to be teams, possibly one team, that's going to get all these young Whitecaps talent next year. And if, if it's like four to five, a six maybe? Actually, you just no. have to look at Calgary Fo- Foothill's PDL yeah, squad this year. They are clearly planning for the CPL yeah. because they've got a big swath of ex-WFC2 players. And residency Mark. players. And residency yeah. guys yeah. as well. And other talent. That that's kind of Nick Nick Ledger would as well Canadian internationals there, and I'm, I'm they're sure, building something special. And I'm sure there. the Fraser Valley team, um, whoever uh, is scouting for them, will yeah. be at a lot of TSS if, games. You don't tell me if the Whitecaps did not go to the Fraser Valley team and say, "Look, we want to give you some of our guys." That the Fraser Valley team's going to go, "No, we want nothing to do with you." Well, there is this. If they do, then this Canadian Premier League is meant to be about putting all differences aside and working together. Nope. <laughs> That's a, so that's a bigger conversation. But I would say this, though. When you're talking about uh, Canadian Premier League clubs that will be in close proximity to the, the three MLS sides, there is this uh, idea that you do need to differentiate yourself. And there is this idea that this is Canada's t- n- top division. Yeah. And so we have these teams playing in America's top division, and so there needs to be some kind of separation, which is why when Bill Manning says to them, oh, we'd love to put TFC3 in it, right? A really... Uh, I don't know, it should have been TFC2. Well, but still, it was... Uh, oh, just TFC. <laughs> but no, but it was, it, it was them trying to put down the league, right? It was that, their way of saying... We don't think this is going to be really... So when you already have that kind of happening, you can understand why the CPL would say, thank you, but no thank you. Or they might. Yeah, I could see that. It just, to me, it makes no sense. When you've got the but, head but, coach of Canada, John Herdman, saying, we want these Canadian players right. in the best possible environment, he's going to be wanting these players that's on the Whitecaps roster to be getting regular minutes, and playing in the CPL would do that for them. Right, but also on the other hand, Michael, when you look at the MLS sides, have you, can you say honestly that they really have done their best to develop young Canadian no, players? because it's all about winning. So the players maybe haven't been good enough either to play. So then are they worthy of the They'll kind of... They'll be good enough for the CPL. Are they, but no, but are those, are those clubs worthy of the kind of arrangements that you guys are talking about? Yeah, because for the players' benefit. I mean, the, 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 other option, the other option is you affiliate with other USL teams, not just Fresno. And we have seen, like, Spencer Ritchie has been loaned to FC Cincinnati for this season. And I'll, I'll be honest, I'm more interested in what FC Cincinnati do than what Fresno do. I know Fresno are the Whitecats affiliation, but for me, I feel more of an affinity towards FC Cincinnati. 
I've known Alan Koch since 2011, 2012. He's, like, he's a good friend to me. And we, we've chatted a lot over the years and I wish him well and I want to, to follow how his team are doing. And so far they've started the season unbeaten with two 1-0 away wins. But Richie's gone there and he hasn't seen a minute yet either. Although he is at least, there's a 30-year-old keeping him out of the team in, in Evan Newton, who has started both matches so far. And I'm pretty sure Spencer will see minutes there. There's three ex-Whitecaps, two players there as well, Will Seymour and Daniel Haber. They've both seen time off the bench. The Same young Canadian Will Seymour? Yes. Well, I mean, you say that, like, Noah Verhoeven is one of the four guys we've got in Fresno, and he's technically just now American, so... But, I mean, where where do you see things going then? Do, do, do you not... I mean, what would work best for you to develop this Whitecaps Canadian talent? I've already said my piece on that. Scroll back if you forgot. Yeah. You've missed that. <laughs> Zach's thinking. No, I, I think they, they, they started to break down what was the ideal setup for a football, for a football club in the, as the door closes on its own there. Uh, Hopefully the door doesn't uh, close with, with, having, with, having, with having a second team that is yours that you can control and shape how you want and if you want to play the same as the first team and all that. So they've, they've a jettison that, and I thought that was probably the best, mm-hmm. the best option. Uh, so I don't, yeah, what they do now, uh, I think they're, they're stuck. They're stuck in a spot where they, <laughs> they burn some bridges and they, they're stuck with what they're stuck with. So I, I don't really, I haven't re- honestly, I haven't really thought about it that much about what, what's best for them. Going I think forward. this will, I think this will end up being a lost year for the Whitecaps development. Yeah. It seems like, Certainly and, that and hopefully they can retool and get going next year. Well, we've still got TSS Rovers to, to look forward to. Their season gets underway next month now. And watch AFTN on Tuesday. We're gonna we revealed the first eighteen players on the TSS Rovers roster a couple of weeks ago on the show. We're gonna reveal the nearly full male roster on Tuesday, and on Wednesday for the first time, you're gonna get a look at who makes up the the TSS Rovers women's roster for their first season. And all I'm gonna say is there's gonna be a a few familiar names on that. And people will be very excited to be watching TSS this summer. Yay. Christine Sinclair. <laughs> no, no, I told I you not to spoil oh, the oh. news. <sighs> yeah, Sink Sinky's coming up. I thought Portland was her home. It is, but she's gonna she's gonna play for I'm both. Sorry, she's, I, she's got a special agreement to play with both. Because she's the queen and she can do what she wants. I'm joking. I'm joking. That was not meant to be disparaging to Christine Sinclair. I don't think she's good enough for the, the TSS roster. She's too old. They, they want young talent. Speaking right, of the right. Canadian Premier League, right. we yeah. were talking go about ask, Go ask your buddies about, about if they would turn down Christine <laughs> yeah, I have a funny feeling Willie and Colin would, um, would bite your hand off. Okay, that. I'm getting you guys out of it. Uh, speaking of the Canadian Soccer League. No, yes, no, no. Premier Canadian League, Premier, Premier, Premier League. League, sorry. Don't talk about the Canadian Soccer League. No one talks about the Canadian Soccer League. <laughs> Unless there's something you need to tell us. Yes. <laughs> Might be swimming with the fishes if you yeah. talk about the Canadian Soccer League. But there was a big announcement this week for the Canadian Premier League. Yeah. And, Zach, you must love this. Canada's got its own sum. The Canadian Soccer Business, which I don't know, could they come up with a worse name? Yeah, the, the name I'm definitely not, not a fan of. The, the idea, are you a fan of that? No, so basically this is my understanding. Is I've talked to people about this and asked questions about this. This is, my, this is what I've been told and how I understand things. Will this be lived out this way? Time will tell, obviously. But what I've basically been told is, yeah, the Canadian Premier League, the people behind the Canadian Premier League have watched and learned and listened about what MLS has done. 
And basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to take the good things mm-hmm. and 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 discard the bad. So, so Ishmael Elfath will not <laughs> referee games in the CPL. You heard it here first. So so the, the idea of... Uh, I th- my understanding is the idea of having the CS, CSB... CSB, yes. Having the CSB is to ensure that the, the longevity of the league, right? Yeah. And so... W- There's a 10-year agreement with Canada Soccer right. covering the national team, the CPL, the V-Cup, the CCL, handling all corporate partnerships and media rights, commercial assets and stadium naming rights for, for the CPL. And they want to do more around the V-Cup as well. They're basically representing the teams, Essentially, yeah. and kind of helping them, and they said it, it was a coming of age. It, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's essentially gonna lower costs, and they'll obviously, the, hopefully, the national team gets better sponsors Ooh. than they have had, hmm. uh, like a Suntan, uh, I think, company that was one sponsor. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what it was. I remember they were giving out samples at one of the games. Uh, I, I could be wrong. Um, and then obviously, Amway was that one was another just a dream of yours. I think Amway, Amway was another sponsor. I know that that was a real that was a nightmare um, because people just kept calling it the Amway Cup. Oh, I remember getting deodorant back in Swanguard. No, <laughs> <laughs> that might have been a BC place. That was BC Place. Oh, BC Place. Why did I get a Swan Guard? I got some free thing. BC Place. Those were the awesome people who sponsored the the move of, the, the move of the player entrance move. Who gave us the indigestion tablets? <laughs> was that a Swan Guard? That might have been Swan Guard. Mm. No, but so this this is not the, the Canadian Premier League will not be exactly like MLS is what I was trying to say before. So there there is there's it's kind of a both end. There is this collective unity to make sure that the whole, you know, the whole thing is sustainable. But there, my understanding is there will be far greater autonomy in terms of the clubs and how they build their teams and how they go about their local uh, community yeah, yeah. football yeah. club. I mean, I'm a fan of it at both ends, so we'll, we'll see how, how things work out with that. So, yeah, so just for the people who have been on Twitter have been like, oh, this is the same as... No, this is not the exact same as as some. And I know we've been talking about this for weeks, but we are going to be speaking to people involved in, in the CPL in the coming weeks. We've just been super busy and not had a, a chance to get around to it. We'll be back with more chat, though, after this. Hi, guys, I'm Aaron Mon. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. I think it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you by bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for news, links and a lot more, locally, nationally and internationally. Make it part of your daily routine, morning and night. Check out bcsoccerweb.com. What's been catching your eye on the site this week, Steve? A few things. Uh, First of all, we'll do a couple follow-ups. Greek soccer. Uh, had ah, another eventful week. The they, gift that never, keeps giving. Yeah, a couple stories. First of all, they have restarted the league. Uh, the league after another weekend that they shut it down. They're talking about the. Uh, there was an article in the Guardian about. Uh, it was a really in-depth article about how it's in crisis. Uh, Evangelo uh, Mar- Marnakis. Sorry, I was practicing we, that name. Marinakis. No, Marinakis. I was practicing this name all day long. Uh, and I, I believe it's pronounced Marinakis. Marinakis. Yeah, he, um, he's he's owner. Going Marinakis. Just screaming that name out. Uh, he was uh, owner of Olympicos. 
But he's Olympiacos. Olympiacos. <laughs> and he's also owner of uh, Nottingham Forest. You can see how much I pay attention to Greek soccer. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, I didn't actually know he owned Notch Forest. Yeah, he's, yeah, he just bought it this past summer. So, and he's now being investigated for drug trafficking. Uh-huh. Um, but the actual owner that the, the started all this, uh, owner of PAOK, um, Ivan Savitis, has been banned for three years now because he walked on the field with a gun, remember, against the ref. Yeah, can you forget that? He's been fined uh, 100,000 euros, which probably isn't that big of a yeah. deal for him. And then the club was docked three points. Uh, still could be under appeal, but that's essentially what it is, and they've restarted everything. But how many designated players can they have? <laughs> <laughs> um, another in-depth article, we talked about the LA Galaxy LAFC. Bleacher Report had a pretty extensive article, about, and the headline was, Welcome to, so- LA- Welcome to the LA Soccer War, A Tale of Celebrities, Money, and the Black Army. Mm-hmm. Uh, really went in-depth about how everything's working article. out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so quick uh, uh, hits. Um, new Cold War threatens to spill over to the soccer world. Iceland now will not send their leaders to Russia. Is that why it's the Cold War? Uh, I guess so. Uh, following England. Um, also joining them uh, looks like will be Poland, Denmark, Sweden, Australia, and Japan. So uh, uh, there might be more countries later well, on. There's too. been all the diplomats expelled this week. Yeah. And Russia, uh, there was an article in the BBC that I just read yesterday saying that this is all a conspiracy by the West because they want to take the World Cup away from Russia. Well, that's not going to happen now. Uh, I know a country that could host in Europe if it's needed. Just let me know. Or we could. No, no, we could not. <laughs> no, just us, the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> UEFA, actually, this is pretty big news, seems like. UEFA to ease Champions League rules on January yeah. signings. The, you can now register up to three new players without any restrictions. Mm-hmm. No more cup tie. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's up sucks. to th- only three, though. But if you're heading to World Cup 2018, you need a fan ID. Yes. For the first time ever. I don't know what it is, but it's... I would also recommend travel insurance. (laughs) Yeah. So so this is really going to hurt. Life insurance would help with you. This is going to (laughs) hurt. I I think you might see on TV, this is going to hurt the attendance at games. Because like when I went to the World Cup in 2000... I know it was different in the States when you went, Michael. But when I went to the 2006 World Cup, I remember before we left... I, we had gotten some tickets already, but I remember before we left, I remember, uh, what's that guy's name? Jerry Dobson, retired, yeah, yeah. the retired, the, the late Sportsnet. great J- Jerry Dobson, saying on the joint broadcast with TSN and Sportsnet, saying that uh, they're checking 50 to 100 IDs per stadium before each game. And I thought, okay, that's not too bad. <laughs> that's not too bad because uh, you're supposed to have ID or passport with you. Yeah. Because I because I went and I bought tickets. Uh, you know, from uh, actually I made a, actually I made a <laughs> I made a friend, a guy I went to a few a few games with actually. I went to three three matches with him. Yeah, three matches. I think we, or two for sure. And then we met him at another one um, where I just bought. But he, how should I put this? He his home city was where one of the teams was based, and so he their FA was selling tickets. And so my ticket has the name of a person from that country on it. So oh, when I was so your ID, yeah. Wouldn't match. So so when I was going through the turnstile, I remember hearing when I was about to go through the turnstile, I remember hearing someone say, "Can I see your ID?" And my heart just started to beat really fast. And it was the turnstile next to mine. Oh, and so the, the guy was generous because I actually hadn't. He said I could pay inside the stadium. Like once we got through, so but this is because the, they FIFA has been printing names on tickets. Now they also have been providing resale of tickets at face at the actual value. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's been helpful because that's how I got some tickets for that for that World Cup as well. But I, I think you'll see less. I think you'll see a little bit more empty seats in stadiums. It, it does make sense though. 
because of all the, ha- the the hooliganism that that is likely right. to happen this summer. But, but when you look at like if you go to a game at Century Link, whether it's like MLS or whether it's NFL, it's a nightmare getting in there because they're checking ID, they're checking bags, they're checking tons of stuff. Actually, if you're with the away supporters, <laughs> you just come really early. It's actually pretty smooth hmm. now, but. Um, okay, so uh, talking about the World Cup that's coming up, um, referee, uh, they've they announced the referee list. Yeah. Um, there there are some countries that are like, currently using video review. This was the essential uh, gist of the article. There's com- countries that are using video review, but they're not bringing referees from those leagues into the World Cup. Um, and uh, like, for example, they are bringing uh, uh, referees from Germany, Italy, Poland, and the U.S., but they're not bringing uh, referees from Australia, Belgium, Portugal, and South Korea who and have who use VAR. Two MLS refs are going. They're going to get Geigerd. You're going to be shocked. Ismail Elfath was not one of them. No, oh. but Geiger is one. Yeah, I was really hoping Elfath was going to disappear for a month. We have that uh, banner, the Geiger Geiger reader, Geiger Geiger counter. Geiger counter. Yeah, just missing the the O. <laughs> Panini stickers. Yes. But there's some this numbers. Is so, but yes. This is numbers. No, well, this no, is a math. Has, oh, it has the. <laughs> but, but this is a mathematician that uh, calculated how much it cost. Now, I'll, I'll, what you need to do if you want to fill up the. Oh, the, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so, it's a 682 sticker album. Yes. They, they're estimating that you need to. Um, it's going to be 967 packets that you have to buy. Yep. Uh, at uh, 80 pence. Yep. This is all, this is all English UK, money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, in, in order to complete your 682 sticker album, you need 4,832 4, stickers, like basically from those nine, yeah. 967 packets. And then uh, if, you want, if you're doing swapping, like you say, 10 friends, they're estimating that you still it would cost $247 per person to spend. Are in you order doing to it? Do the- See, I don't fully agree with it because the way that he worked it out. How good are you at math? I was pretty good Complicated at math. math. Yeah, the way that he's worked it out is right, but that is like the the headline figure off. It's going to cost you seven eight hundred pounds worth. Yeah. Is if you're keeping buying packets of stickers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas the whole point of it is trade. You, trade. you try and trade, but you can also buy Individual. full albums, or you can buy a, an album and the full set of stickers. For $152 on a number of sites right oh, really? now. Oh, yeah. That's not like a box. It's the actual... Yeah. Well, so I, mean, you're, you're, I, I did that in the 20... See, I did it in the 2010 World Cup. Yeah. And it, it wasn't the same because I, I missed like, yeah. opening the stickers. I didn't do it in 2014 and I haven't got an unfinished album. I think I'm probably just going to buy... Hey, I still have an unfinished album. Can we... Can I yeah, well, we're actually going to launch something about that in next week's show. Now, uh, my question was uh, going to be posed to you. How much do you think you would have to spend to fill out that white cap sticker album <laughs> from Shoppers? Oh. Considering how many doubles were in the packs. Hey, it was Definitely Pharmacy, not Shoppers. Oh, Pharmacy, actually, sorry. we need to ask Ryan McLeod because he, told, he, he completed it and oh. he told me how it was something like 78 packets of stickers or something. I, a dollar each? Yeah. That's... Wow. Wow, that's a lot. I'm, I'm it's pretty it, sure it was. No, that's less that. than what this is though. He must get paid a lot of the job of his. He he he's not a fan of stickers. He prefers <laughs> cards and he doesn't see the appeal of stickers. Now, I think the white caps thing was a bad one to get him into to start off stickers. When does this year's album come out? April tenth. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Oh. He's, he's talking about the World Cup I'm, one? Oh, I'm talking about the White Cap. Oh, I don't know about the White Cap. I don't think they're The, they're the doing World that. Cup one's out in Canada on April tenth. It's out elsewhere in the world. Now speaking the of other s- thing though oh. they've done with the stickers this year. You got you started me on stickers, Steve. Yeah, I was going to say, Steve. I should listen for the last. Anyway, this is his favorite thing to talk. About. Every other year, 
In Canada and America, you got seven stickers in a packet. <gasps> Elsewhere in the world, you got five. Now, Canada and America is the same as the rest of the world, and you're only getting five stickers. So you do need more packets. And you get 50 packs in a box, so that's 250 stickers. So you need to buy three boxes, which is about $60 each, Wow. To actually just have enough stickers to fill the album, and, and, and they're going to have doubles and everything, and also trade. Yeah, so that's why I'm but thinking the about double... just buying the the pack that's got the thing. And this year, for an extra twenty pounds or dollars, you can get a hardback sticker annual. Oh, that's better. Mm-hmm. The uh, I'll bring my sticker albums along next no, week. The rate of doubles will be far lower than yeah. the White Caps Pharmacy one. The right? I would think so. Yeah. And you're going to get more than white space. <laughs> okay. Now speaking, and, of, no. <laughs> and now speaking of scams, um, Lazio um, kind of oh, fell for is, one. This is beautiful. Um, if you ever fall for the, if you're one of the ones that ever fall for one email scam, you're not the only one. Uh, Lazio, a soccer team, did a football club. Um, they needed to send a final payment uh, for Stefan de Vries, who um, who they bought from a, a Dutch, a oh, Feyenoord, uh, bought it from there. They received an email. And they sent the money, which was 1.75 million euros yes. uh, to that. And now Feyenoord is saying that we never sent the email and we never received any money. So obviously we don't know if it's Nigerian princes that did this or... It's easy done because the White Cats were caught out of themselves because they sent $1.75 for Francis de Vries. Glad you like that joke, Zach. Okay, so... <laughs> This will sound great in the podcast. <laughs> World Cup uh, 2026 news. Morocco! Morocco is uh, kind of causing a stir, or some people are causing a stir on their behalf, especially Russia. Um, <laughs> Shock horror. Yeah, Russia is dissing um, U.S. Mexican and football, uh, U.S. Mexican football heritage. Um, they're basically saying that they're not that great. Um, they haven't really done anything. Um, and there's and there's a split in Europe. It says Russia that never perform yeah, yeah. at the Euros or the World Cup. They used to be good, but not anymore. Um, why but, why did was, they used to be good, Steve? Like you're talking about last week. CCCP. Yeah. Um, Russia, France, Belgium, Luxembourg, and Serbia look like they're backing Morocco at this point, and they're they're mm. a lot of the Eastern countries that Russia has influence over. They're expe- uh, Morocco's hoping that they. Push that influence. Is that due to proximity to Russia? Probably. <laughs> See, he told you it's all connected. Yeah. You guys laughed at me. Um, I, I genuinely think Morocco's going to get it. And the news that came out this week that, like, we're talking about the fan ID, yeah. that America's looking to have, that they want to go through social media history if you want to get a visa from certain countries, like UK, Canada, stuff like that doesn't count. But they want, they want your last five years email addresses. They want your logins <laughs> to Facebook and to Twitter and to Instagram. They have those. And this is not an April <laughs> Fool's joke. This was before April Fool's. So they're wanting that for a number of countries where you need to get a visa. So if we were to get the 2026 World Cup, fans wanting to travel here, if this was in force, which I don't actually think it will come in, but because this threat is out there, this could really affect the bid. Genuinely concerned that we're not going to get it now. Well, well, it's not coming to Vancouver. Well, so, Morocco, yeah. it, they're they're kind of concerned too on a couple of points. Uh, we talked about last week that there's a panel that's going to judge Morocco, um, oh, yeah. and and essentially they need a minimum two out of five score in order to even th- a bid. And uh, Morocco's thinking that these guys are going to undercut them. Uh, basically, um, the two out of five is based on infrastructure currently and their financial capability. 
So there, there's a concern there. But Morocco is touting that they have better gun safety than the U.S. and Mexico. Uh, Morocco says that they have a three in 100,000 people killed by gun violence. Uh, Mexico is 18.7 out of 100,000. Uh, U.S. is 5.3 out of 100,000. Canada is, is the best out of all of them, so 1.68. So they're they're really pushing that ticket sales. Uh, North America in their bid, uh, the booklet or whatever uh, that they the bid uh, the bid book that they published. Yep, they're it's touting that they will get two point one billion dollars in ticket sales, while Morocco is estimating they will have seven hundred eighty five million. So that's a big difference yeah. there. There's no doubt that a World Cup would make way more money here. Because of TV rights and ticket sales so and everything hang, like that. Hang on. Did you just say that basically the U.S. is going to charge triple the amount? No, they think they can get more attendance. That's what they're... They'll have bigger stadiums. They, they, they bigger oh, stadiums. bigger stadiums. They'll right, be... They, they, a lot there of was, the Morocco ones were like in the 40,000 yeah. mark. And they, the Morocco feels that the majority of their uh, things are going to be in the 90% yeah. average, except for the... Semifinals and the finals, which they think is going to be sold out, and the opening game, obviously, actually, I, gotta, sold out. I haven't looked at the recent ones, but in 2006, uh, the, the ticket prices actually were reasonable. It was just yeah. ability to get and, them and and there's local hard. local prices too for local residents yeah. as well. So yeah. the, the people will not have to pay that exorbitant. The infrastructure fee. thing might might be a, a crippling thing, but when I read the Morocco bid document, they've got great plans, and it's yeah. a smaller country. They've already got infrastructure there. They've got the roads. They've got the rails. They've got the camels. Yeah, the North Amer- the North American bid. They have. Uh, they they mentioned that they were going to have three games in one day. Um, in th- yeah, on the opening, opening on the opening day. day well. Yeah, simultaneously. I think I read. No, I thought well, it was a little bit. It can't, it can't do that. I think it'll be a, a kind of like broken up, obviously, with like a, an hour break between each game. And that they can do that because there's I, a lot of time I zones too. I read simultaneously. A lot of time zones, so you can easily spread it out from east to west. Hmm. Anyway, some good headlines this week. So check out Thanks, those and no a problem. lot more on bcsoccerweb.com. But that is it for our special Easter edition of the AFT and Soccer Show. I hope you all feel in the Easter spirit after this. It feels like we went from Good Friday to Easter. It's been a long show. It was a Good Friday. It was an even better Saturday. And when you've got us on a Sunday, it's a fantastic Sunday. What will Monday bring? What will next week bring? Let's hope it's a Whitecaps victory in Salt Lake next Friday. Until then, just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsB and eventually downloading the preview podcast as well. Uh, For me, it's at ZacharyAM on Twitter and I'm a part of the Movement Curva Collective. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. On Instagram, AFTN Soccer. Still locked out of that. I need to get myself back into that. So if you've sent any messages or stuff on that, apologies. Um, read all our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. Got a lot of stuff coming up on the site this week. We're going to have our Alfonso Davies piece. We're going to have, I might type up the, the chat we had with Jose Aha last week as well. And as I mentioned, watch out on Tuesday for the full roster reveal of TSS Rovers, men's side, on Wednesday for the TSS Rovers' first ever women's score. So check that out on AFTN.ca. But anyway, thank you for listening as always. Enjoy your long weekend. We'll be back next weekend and we'll be back on Thursday, maybe even Wednesday night because it's a Friday game with the preview podcast. The guys are doing an excellent job on that. So until next time, thanks for listening. Take care and mon the caps.
going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Mm-hmm.